You're listening to the Oh I Had That Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Jesse. Jesse, where the hell you been? <laughs> I like that I'm always the one to blame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of hard to get us together, but uh, we're here now, and we have plans for several more uh, to get you through the holiday cold here. Um, but today we're here, we're going to talk... Uh, Oprah just put out her favorite things list. Isn't that correct? Yeah. I don't really follow Oprah. That's that's what they tell me. So we're going to talk uh, five of our favorite things. Um, Just going to kind of go back and forth and uh, discuss those. And hopefully it'll um, ring some bells for the listeners. And they'll have a good time listening to us ramble. But, um, yeah, previous to that, I, I don't remember the last time we... We spoke and uh, recorded it, but um, it seems like it's been too long. Um, any Anything come up recently that y- you wanted to talk about? I think the last time we talked, we actually talked about them canceling Roseanne. <laughs> is, that, that's not, is that true? <laughs> yeah. I think that was one of the last episodes that you and I did together. Oh, You've done a couple of interviews, and oh, um, yeah. I, I think you did a couple of episodes with other people. Well, since then we've been subject to the the new iteration of that show going by the Connors with no Roseanne. Um basically the Hogan family. It's <laughs> basically like I I just want to know I I, don't, I haven't heard anything. I think she was upset of how they killed her off, but I mean the all the all the all the episodes in that season of Roseanne were kind of lending it to her looking like she had a prescription pill problem. So I think it was a pretty um, fair choice as to, you know, how she would have passed away. I think it made sense with where they left off in the episodes with her. So I don't have any complaints. I think, I don't know that it can go on. I mean, it's a show that was built, you know, by her and on her previously. So well, I don't think it, it's meant to go on much longer than like ten episodes, is it? Yeah, I don't. I mean, they ordered uh, eight or whatever, and then they added one, I think. So we'll. I mean, they wouldn't do it unless they're like, "Well, let's see if we can renew this, some bitch." Um, well, I think it was because the actors have other obligations. They're just like, "Yeah, well, let's do this," but you know, we still have our lives to go about. Yeah. So did maybe- you watch it? Yeah, I've seen the first whatever two or three they've had out, and it's, I mean, it's decent. I mean, you still got John Goodman, who's always a good time, and um, I didn't even bother. Yeah, so I don't know where it'll go, but I know the ratings have kind of dropped off the cliff. Yeah, well, there's a lot of um, people that were Roseanne fans that don't agree with her being fired and whatnot. Well, it's a whole other podcast to get into all those politics but (laughs) (laughs) that's not why we're here we're here to be nostalgic and forget the current events (laughs) true but i mean we did kind of grow up with roseanne yeah i mean i hate i hate that she you know tweeted something you know with so much hatred in it but then she realized and said hey i was actually on Ambien and it was the middle of the night and I was making a joke and I didn't realize it was sounding racist. So I apologize, but the way our world works, everyone 
you know goes by Twitter being the final say and those companies react and then people are fired so it's sad that she's not involved or on TV you know I always enjoyed her TV presence um not so, I don't know I don't really have an opinion on her outside of the television but um yeah I grew up with Roseanne and I always enjoyed it so it's unfortunate but have you been keeping up on the Goldbergs uh yeah I am oh, god I love that show so much <laughs> I I just realized uh, the other day that they uh, Adam F Goldberg like likes to feature a lot of these um, online uh, creators who make fake action figures that look like retro and that's those are some of the toys that he'll have like Adam show or that'll be like in like the stores like this re- recent episode he was at Toys R Us and have you seen that one? Yeah, I saw him. And the gentleman that is the Toys R Us employee actually is uh, on Instagram. His name is Sucklord, and he he's like kind of. It seemed like he was one of the uh, most well known or one of the first early adapters to start making these like custom retro figures, and kind of has a name in the world in that world. Um, and they featured him on the show along with a lot of his stuff on the wall behind him. And then there was a bunch of other. Instagram creators that also had action figures on the wall and it was funny because (laughs) after he says he bought up all those um what were those rocks that he was talking about Um, transforming (laughs) rocks oh yeah the rock lords (laughs) yeah the rock lords after he said he bought them all up and adam was like called him a suck lord he's like what'd you call me (laughs) that's actually his (laughs) handle online so (laughs) Uh. I thought it was funny though, and Adam's like, "Oh man, I outgrew my, I grew out of my laser voice." <laughs> He's playing with toys. <laughs> I love how weird it's gotten. Yeah, like the humor is is not what it was in the first season. Like it's gotten so weird. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Like it, it it's from a different planet, and I love it. I just love how that guy is always John Calabasas, the guy in the mall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that show that show is still hanging on. I still find it enjoyable when I watch it. But um. I will admit they are kind of stretching. Um, I think they're kind of running into a wall with the kids' ages. Yeah, are we gonna hit the '90s or what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it, we've talked about this before. They they always flip back and forth in time. And, yeah, and it's. I don't know. It, it it it's deliberately doing that. Yeah, it, like, it's like a warped memory kind of thing. I probably have to check like Google or something to see when kind of those Toys R Us toy runs started, but those seem more like later '80s, early '90s in my memory. And you know, they're they're talking about that. And the previous episode, they were like, it was all about Nightmare on Elm Street. So it was kind of <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, yeah. Although yeah, I mean, weren't they talking about the fall of the Berlin Wall in this one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah, watching. Did you it. like that Freddy Krueger one? Yeah, it was kind of weird. I I thought they could have done something better. It I was... don't know why they didn't go with Freddy's voice. They went with Robert England's voice. Yeah. I, I I thought it was clever, but I thought that that whole scene was pretty much tacked on. They didn't yeah. really work it in too good. The like it being he's in Bev's dream or whatever. I was hoping there yeah. was something more clever that they were doing with him. I was hoping it would just kind of be more like a Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors, where it would just like was a standalone thing where Freddy was involved somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
What can you do? But yeah, they definitely bounce around. And they get out of that by always saying 1980 something. But yeah, when are we gonna hit the 90s? I mean, Adam's almost 20 now. <laughs> Is that actor almost 20? No, I mean he's probably approaching 17 now. I was assume he's like he's got to be like almost out of high school. I have to say, it does kind of bug me that they changed the actress who plays his girlfriend. Yeah, they, me too. I was just gonna bring that up, <laughs> and then they. They don't look anything alike, so it's like, but we're supposed to realize it's the same girl. Sometimes I forget when <laughs> when she's in the scene. I'm like, who is this again? <laughs> yeah, and the, I mean, the first time they did it, they even brought it up and said, she didn't even look the same. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of funny, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the story behind that, but, you know, that kind of stunk. Yeah, but what happened... They they had that awful spinoff episode, and I think they retooled it. Mm. And now they say it's going to be about uh, Barry's girlfriend, and still the the principal and the coach, but not like Nia Long or whatever in her family. But I I haven't heard if it's actually premiering or. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. <clears throat> but wow, I don't think it'll be able to touch the Goldbergs and you know the viewership, so probably won't last. Yeah, I don't know if a spinoff would work. I like the characters. I mean, if anything, they should uh, – God, I don't remember his name, but the guy with the ponytail and his girlfriend. <laughs> oh, yeah. The guy that's always there, like kind of like the Nelson of the Goldbergs. <laughs> well, he, he like showed up one episode and he was like dating Erica, and oh. now he's just kind of in the background. <laughs> I, I, I like him. I think he could have a show. <laughs> Forget his name too. Is it like Rick or something? I don't know, but I, I, I enjoy I enjoy Erica's boyfriend too, the guy that was in the JTP. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, so our we'll go. He ahead. was in that Truth or Dare movie. Oh really? Jeff Schwartz. His um. His name's like Sam Lerner, and his dad is like a character actor that they had on the show recently. As like on the, the Goldbergs? Yeah, he was like the optometrist or something that like Barry was like shadowing because uh, Jeff Schwartz didn't – it was his dad on the show and his dad in real life. He didn't want to work with his dad on the show, so Barry ended up being like a apprentice to him. He's like – I forget his dad's name. Maybe it's like Kevin Lerner or something. I, I don't know. I do remember that episode. Anyway, so we're back, and uh, hopefully uh, we can pump a few more out so people don't lose track of us again. Hopefully they'll listen to this. I, f I feel like I've, I'm letting them down because it was quite a wait there. What did you do yesterday? What did I do yesterday? What's today, Saturday? You went to Double Dare. Oh, that's right. How can we not talk about that? I don't. Well, we went to Double Dare Live. Um it was Mark Summers hosted. He even brought along Robin, which was a treat. Um, it was just a time warp. Like I, I, it's not something I experienced as a kid live. I know that they did do some live shows um, back in its height, but it was just fun. And there's actually surprisingly there was it wasn't a bunch of nostalgic adults. It was there were a lot of kids, like parents bringing their kids, parents who remember the show. Um, but the kids were just so into it, just jumping to get – because the way they worked it was they started out with some random games, 
by picking people out of the crowd. So when you got there, you got to sign up and get a wristband. It was just essentially signing a waiver. Um, and then they'd walk out in the crowd. They had double dare crew members who'd go ra- wrangle up some kids and some adults. And um, where was this at? It was uh, downtown Nashville at the uh, Performing Arts Center. Um, so w- was this just a coincidental thing that uh, you just happened to stumble upon, or what? No, I, I mean, they announced months ago that they were doing a Double Dare live tour, and I think... Is it coming anywhere near me? I think they already did Minneapolis. They, I mean, they did Milwaukee. Um, I think they were in Chicago tonight. Um, but yeah, I think they're doing the West Coast after the holidays. Um, but yeah, I bought tickets quite a while ago, a, month, a few months back, and so we've been waiting on it. Um, but yeah, it was fun. They, how much were tickets? Um, I think like 30 to $40 or something. Not, not nothing too crazy. That's, that's not too bad. Oh. So yeah. And they, was it and just Mark they, Summers or? Yeah, it was Mark Summers, uh, was the host. And then there was just crew members and Robin who, you know, from the previous show. Um, yeah, not the current host that they have. No, I think the they, YouTube girl. I think they kind of knew that if they wanted it to sell tickets, they'd just go with the full nostalgia and have Mark do it. Um, but did you know he's like sixty-seven years old? Is he? Yeah, it's crazy. He's still running around, white tennis shoes. Sixty-seven. <laughs> yeah, I know he works on diners, drive-ins, and dives now. Well, I think he produces a lot of like food network shows, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, he would. Well, yeah, because I think when he first went to Food Network, he was doing um, Unwrapped. Yeah, I liked that show. Uh, it's still on, but they're uh, who's doing it? Carlton is doing it, right? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminded wait, is me. Is it still on? I don't I'm know. Sure. It might it might be on the Cooking Channel now. Kind of reminded me when Mark, when I've seen those old episodes, it reminded me of when like Mr. Rogers would go to the factories and you'd see how things are made. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever see that Mr. Rogers movie? Um, I did. Man, that was a tearjerker. <laughs> so it's just crazy to hear like how one man was just so full of compassion and understanding and love, and just wanted everybody to essentially get along and the things that he stood for you you put it on the television show even back then it's in like the 50s 60s you know and the fact that we all like so many generations grew up with him you know yeah it's it's so great i know that there's like a, a dvd set of that series i'd like to get that so um you know my little one could watch some mr rogers and know who he is because I don't. For the life of me, I wouldn't know where you would find episodes on TV while they're airing. Is there still play them on like PBS or something? Is PBS no, still God, exist? No. I, PBS <laughs> is still a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know they lost Sesame Street to HBO. Yeah. Well, the newer episodes. I think, I think you have to wait for the newer episodes now. Because you know it, it's not, it's not free. Yeah. What do you think of Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers? Did you see the photo of that? It was crazy. Yeah, he looked just like not, him. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he looks like Tom Hanks with silver <laughs> hair to me. I'm sorry, he does. He looks he like looks Tom Hanks like dressed up as Mr. Rogers. <laughs> yep, he does. He I, I don't know. Like I haven't seen 
how his mannerisms or his voice are changing. So I, I don't want to judge it. Just like I don't want to judge Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker just yet, even though his Joker looks kind of like Ronald McDonald. Does he? Yeah. You haven't seen it? I didn't see it, no. Oh, no. There's like They've been putting out footage and like Instagram photos and just like kind of leaking things. I, I don't I just don't know. It's going to be like a gritty 70s, like kind of a Scorsese feel to it. But nothing wrong with that. It's that's, supposed to be like a Joker movie. That's so kind of what the Dark Knight was. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. It can't it can't be any worse than Jared Leto as the Joker. Cause and yeah, yeah, I didn't even see that. <laughs> Suicide Squad was a train wreck. So, But he was good, though, right? They just didn't use him very often. Well, I mean, from yeah, there's people that lo- like liked his interpretation. I mean, I didn't love it. I mean, after Heath Ledger, it's hard for me to get on board with something new. But yeah. it was weird to see a Joker with like face tattoos. And <laughs> you should be used to that wild uh, jump, though, when you go from Cesar Romero to Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how Cesar Romero refused to shave his mustache. So it was yeah. like white over it. <laughs> yep. Oh, so that yeah, the Mister Rogers movie comes out next October. Apparently, doesn't even have a name yet. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> like he looks like Tom Hanks with silver hair. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Yeah, I, I mean, how close to it could he really look? I thought it was a pretty good interpretation. I just like that they did, didn't. I forget what I saw, but I maybe it was just a photo of him. I thought I yeah, because he was like sitting on his trailer, right? For a minute there, I was thinking, yeah, he's just in did a they red re- sweater. Recreate a photo of Mr. Rogers, but no, it was just like a candid shot of him. Um, yeah, we'll see. You know, growing up, I always wanted to have, like, a trolley going through my walls. <laughs> I do want a, like, little replica of that trolley for the, for the shelf of all the nostalgic items. Yeah, dude, that would be so awesome. <laughs> um, have you seen uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? No, I have oh. not. The only movie I've seen is The Grinch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's another one I... I I'm hearing great things about his performance, but I've heard that the movie just takes a lot of liberties as far as the band's history. But, I mean, most of those biopics do, it seems like. See, and I heard that it can't decide if it wants to be about him or about Queen or, Uh, you know, it just can't be both. mm. Like some people want one but not the other. Yeah. Um, But that's the one – that's the movie that – Sasha Baron Cohen was supposed to be in, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think I forget if it came down to he wanted to dive more into like the nitty gritty of, you know, his life and Queen and kind of like a di- deeper dive, like darker, the darker moments. And they, the whoever was writing and directing or producing didn't want to. So it was kind of a creative impasse. So they moved on from each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, it'll be interesting to see how they touch on, you know, Freddie's like ambiguous, ambiguous sexuality and, you know, going back and forth with men and women and, you know, how he gets to where he was with the HIV and whatnot. But I hear it's a pretty emotional film, so I'm sure they dive into it, but he, but Rami Malek, damn, looks pretty close to Freddie Mercury. That's for sure. Yeah. 
<laughs> more so I... than Tom Hanks for Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if maybe if Tom Hanks got to wear some sunglasses <laughs> and a mustache. Well, I don't. He doesn't have sunglasses on the whole movie, but he did wear like fake teeth. I hear. <laughs> uh, in the previews, when he's wearing the sunglasses, he yeah. certainly looks like him. Yeah, it'll be cool to see. I heard they recorded like a um a uh moment to moment like recreated the entire live aid performance. Yeah. And that they're probably going to like put it on the DVD or whatever. Hmm. So that'll be f- pretty interesting to watch since I've seen the actual one kind of compare it. Um but yeah, I'm, I I want to see that. I have not seen that film yet, but I did I did get out to see Halloween which I I actually thoroughly enjoyed, and I I liked that they kind of like pretended the other movies didn't happen, which is what they do every time they put out a new Halloween. Well, this one like was totally. We saw Halloween the original, and then it's like forty years later we're seeing this is how they, um, interpret it. So it's like none of those other ones, even w- the ones with Jamie Lee Curtis, just didn't happen. <laughs> Cause she has a she had a daughter in this and what H two O she is like Josh Hartnett's mom, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they just totally throw all that out the window. Well, um, how do they explain that? They don't. They just kind of are forty forty years later. Michael's been locked up this whole time. Hmm. So yeah, the the movie kind of opens with. But if pop- they skip from the first movie to this movie. He kind of got away at the end of that movie. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, they they just open it with like him locked up, and they allude to like Doctor Loomis, and there's a new doctor who is kind of like Loomis's protege, who's been with Michael now for years. But they do reference Loomis. Yeah. Hmm. And funny enough, they have a couple of podcasters like showing up at the, um prison where Michael is locked up to like try to interview him. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> but yeah, I I mean I enjoyed it. I just I can't get over how many things Judy Greer pops up in at all times. <laughs> well, yeah, she's doing like lunch meat commercials now too. She says she has to just be like just flush for three lifetimes. <laughs> it's working nonstop. So I mean, it's been 23 minutes. We could probably get into our favorite things. Um, otherwise, we'll just spend all night shooting the shit here. I like shooting the shit. <laughs> I got I, I got a couple more questions. Yeah. Tell me what you thought of Burger King's Nightmare King. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. So I didn't know. I I didn't read anything about it. I've only, I only saw a photo, so I didn't know that there was chicken involved. <laughs> <laughs> so I was expecting it to just be like, oh, it's just like a a whopper with bacon and it's on a green bun. Um, yeah, we should probably preface this. Burger King for like the week up to, leading up to Halloween, was selling the Nightmare King, which. To be honest, I, I think they said they were putting it on the 22nd, and I looked, and I couldn't find it until, like, the 25th. So I don't know if franchisees were just scared to put it out or so, they were waiting <laughs> on the buns to mold over or what. <laughs> so, so their whole marketing of it, too, was that they actually had done sleep studies of people eating this Nightmare right. King and that it did give you nightmares. 
Um, and essentially, it was the size of a Whopper, so it had a beef patty, but then it also had, like, uh, a chicken fried, like a ch- piece of chicken on it, like, almost not a patty, not like a chicken sandwich, but essentially boneless fried piece of chicken, and then bacon, and then it was on yep. a bun that was, like, dark green. It was, like, mayo, mayo, mayo and lettuce on it, too, right? Yeah, correct. So. Yeah, and then, like, a lime green bun that looked like a sesame seed pickle. <laughs> I I ate it. I mean, it was it was fine. It didn't taste gross, but looking yeah. at it while you're eating it tasted like made you iffy about it. The bun color wasn't appetizing, but yeah, I was talking about somebody or talking with it, talking about it with somebody else. Bleh, <laughs> if I can talk, and uh, he had the same experience with that burger that I had with the the Halloween Whopper a couple years ago, which we had the black bun. Which is that the longer you waited to eat it or to order it, the the more stale your bun would be because it, it's not like it was a hot sandwich. Like mm-hmm. it was the only sandwich on that type of bun. So if nobody was ordering it, it's not like they were rotating those buns or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you were going to end up getting a stale bun. And that's what happened to him. He's like, eh, the bun was kind of stale. And I felt that way about the Halloween Whopper a couple of years ago. And that one was what, the black bun? Yeah, it was like a black bun and like an A1 sauce. The rumor was that the the bun was A1 flavored, but I never picked up on that. I just know that it was on the the burger. And And this one, I thought there was a mention of something about the sauce being unique, but I don't remember any unique flavor or taste. It was just like you're eating a burger with chicken on it. Yeah, it was was just – I mean, it was dyed. And I had no nightmares and no green poop. So. I did not either. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought for sure that the real night were, the real nightmare would come once I hit that toilet. Yeah. But no, nothing. Nope, nothing. So, yeah. So I mean, it is what it is. It was just kind of a marketing and a, a name to it because I, the actual Halloween burger did turn your poop different colors. From what I hear. <laughs> I don't remember that either. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the, the word on the street was. So people were afraid of that this time around, but I didn't experience that. No. I mean, Taco Bell does that on the regular. They don't even need to have like a promotional anything. <laughs> um, How about Planner's Cheese Balls? Have you found those again? You know what? I only got the one can of them. And funny enough, though, when I went to look for them, it was kind of when they first hit the streets and my Walmart had one can, like it was on a shelf with empty space on both sides, almost as if it was just like lit up from above. And it was like, Oh, so, like, be- like a beacon for me. <laughs> <laughs> like we know why you're here. Almost as if when I grab it and walk away, another one materializes for the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I had the one can. I had them sitting for a month or two months, just unopened, and then I finally popped it open, and they were just as I remembered, the cheesiest. Yeah. They turn your fingers bright orange, though, right? <laughs> Something I forgot about, and uh, almost they they, <laughs> they almost look like nuclear, like how orange they are, almost like they're glowing. Compared to cheese balls that have existed since but those were But they were away. good, right? Yeah, they were delicious. Yeah, but I, I haven't found them since. Really? Not even the same Walmart? No. 
I know they're still sold out online. Really? I think you can get them on like a couple of random websites, like Boxed.com might have some. Yeah, I saw some, someone who ordered from Amazon when they or Walmart.com or wherever they popped up and ordered like a case of them or something, like eight oh, cans. <laughs> I have not had the cheese balls since they've come back. I had the cheese curls. I um and they were wonderful. Really? I I didn't even I never even saw a can of cheese curls anywhere. I managed to get my hands on a couple of cans. My daughter ate most of them before I could get to them. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to believe I poured those things into a bag and clean like rinsed out that can and I put the can back on the shelf with Good. Good for you. All my other nostalgic items. I don't know what Planners is thinking. They totally dropped the ball in this. <laughs> Clearly, there's a market for it. Yeah. Just put it back on the shelves. I don't know if, it, if it's Why a shelf space thing. Why make it so thing. hard? Why only Walmart, too? Yeah, and and not even Walmart, yeah. you know? So we'll have to keep an sure. eye out maybe there. I've even tried to tag them and ask them that question or comment on their uh, social media, and I never got any type of reply. Oh, their, their Facebook is just like – littered with complaints <laughs> from um from people commenting like why where when when is it coming to this area and yeah it's always just some canned response hi so and so we're working on doing <laughs> this and that and it's like just get us the cheese balls already no kidding stop with the excuses uh, how much could they possibly be to make yeah <laughs> i mean it's like cornmeal shaped in a ball and why dusted with fake cheese and why'd they go away for so long i mean why if people loved them what was the purpose of that yeah i'm not quite sure on that one either i'm also recently like i've seen it on amazon i'm like very inclined to order like a case of surge just for the hell of it well surge isn't going anywhere i don't think yeah, it's is like it? back it's been back for a while i had yeah. a, i had a can like last december when we were on a road trip i ran into a can in a gas station so i was like oh i have to try surge again um but i think like burger king or someone has surge like on fountain so, yeah it's possible i think you're right i think it is burger king i don't really go into burger king too often yeah i don't like i don't care for burger king anymore um it's too much i don't know when whenever i eat it like the next 24 to 36 hours i just feel gassy <laughs> well they also give you too much food like yeah. that's what i'm saying it's too much like nobody needs a burger that size you order a whopper and it's like two and a half burgers oh. it's just as far as i think it's because the bun and the patty are so wide well i think a whopper is supposed to be like that it's a whopper you know but their chicken sandwiches don't need to be the size of a Whopper. Yeah, but even a Big Mac, like a Big Mac, the bun and the patty are probably half the size of a Burger King bun and patty. And just because mm -hmm. it's stacked up makes it like why it's a Big Mac. But I don't feel overwhelmed by a Big Mac. No. And you, you've certainly had some experience with Big Macs this year. <laughs> <laughs> I never asked you, did I, like, when you went into McDonald's and ordered five Big Macs. So here, here's that story. McDonald's had these 50, was it 50th anniversary? Yeah. 50th anniversary coins. And you buy a Big Mac, you get one of the coins, and there were five different coins. And there's, you know how McDonald's is in the collector world. There's so many McDonald's collectors. It's just like one of those things where I was like, oh, 
well, I should get these and put them on the shelf for 50 years. Maybe they'll be worth something unopened. So I go, I drive up to McDonald's and I, I'm like, okay, I need five Big Macs and I'd like one of each of the coins if you still have those available. They're like, yes, we do have all five coins. Um, unfortunately, we'll have to ring you up five different times. <laughs> Essentially, to give someone a coin for each purchase, it has to show, you know, in their bookkeeping with corporate that they sold a burger individually each time because i think it's like per transaction of a big mac you get a which, coin which is total bullshit because i'm sure sense. like why I'm does it matter yeah i'm sure plenty of people weren't handed a mac coin yeah. uh with their order by accident yeah you know? Or like, why why can't it be one receipt with five Big Macs? Like, what does it matter? And essentially, well, because the, the coin got you a free Big Mac. No, I know, but I'm, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, why does it have to be five separate receipts? What can it be one receipt with five Big Macs on it to show that I earned five coins? But at any rate, once you have the coin, yeah, you could go back with the coin and turn it in for a Big Mac. But I'm sure a lot of people like like myself or you, I think you got some, right? I think I have three of them. A lot of people probably just got the coins for collecting and didn't take them back. So I, I, I'm willing to bet that McDonald's sold a crap load of Big Macs and didn't have to give as that many away. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I, you know, God, I must have had probably seven or eight Big Macs that week. <laughs> And a lot of the time they wouldn't give me the coin, so oh, I'm like, serious? "Oh, they must be out." Weird. Yeah. So you went and bought Big Macs and didn't even get the coin that you wanted. A so couple I, of times, yeah. And I'm to, not gonna like bang on the window and go, "Excuse me, where's my Mac coin?" I have to see what crazy eBay flippers are asking for the coins to see if you could track down the ones you missed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I care think, that much. I think the week of that I got them, there were already people trying to sell them for like ten bucks a piece. But yeah, I, I I don't think these are going to be like those Atari scratch cards as much as I <laughs> suggested in the beginning. Uh, did you cool. did you pull the trigger on an Atari scratch card on eBay yet? <laughs> no, not yet. You know, I think it was what there was one for what two hundred dollars or something. <laughs> I think I found a scratched one for real cheap, like oh, really? fifteen. Oh, well, scratch that that shouldn't cost much. <laughs> It's like those Dick Tracy scratch cards they had, right? Yeah, those are getting cheaper too. <clears throat> well, you want to get into this? Our... No, I want to talk about Mayo Chup. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You're gonna keep the randomness going here. We're never gonna get to it. People are gonna be like, you know, oh, one day I want to hear what their say... favorite things are. <laughs> somebody's gonna say, "Hey, remember Mayo Chup?" And you're gonna say, "Oh, I had that." <laughs> I do still have mayo chup. I used it once. It's in the fridge. <laughs> Dude, I was so excited. I couldn't find it anywhere. I kept you, looking, kept you looking. You still haven't found it? I finally found it last oh, weekend. Nice. I was so excited. Nice. So was it everything you expected? Mayo well, mixed with ketchup? I, uh, <laughs> I, I made some corn dogs. <laughs> I squeezed it on the plate. It's thicker than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I thought it was going to be thin. Um... I wish it was more chup, less mayo, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's very mayo-y. Yeah, it almost It almost kind of tasted like tartar sauce. Well, I think that's also why it's like... In the mayo section. Like it looks like the... You remember when there was the whole 
controversy with like McDonald's burgers being made out of like a slu- like a pink sludge. Yeah. It, it looks like that sludge look like. It does. <laughs> Thanks. Now I'm going to throw it away. <laughs> it's like this light pink mayo. So it, you could tell it's just like a hint of ketchup. Because if it was more ketchup, it'd probably be closer to ketchup colored, I would think. And it would taste better. Yeah. If you it go would... to Utah, um, where it's like super popular, there's something called fry sauce, which is basically just mayo and ketchup mixed together. Really? Um, that's actually what I was hoping this would be. The right you know, ratio the... for you? Exactly. It yeah. should be two parts ketchup, one part mayo. See, because I... in school, that's what you would do. Yeah. I mean, you can make your own mayo chip very easily. Yeah, you just squeeze the two together. I mean, that's what we've been doing for years until they put it in a bottle is just ketchup and mayo on your plate, and you take a more ketchup than mayo when you dip. <laughs> yeah, and you do it with horsey sauce and ketchup with free curly fries at Arby's. Oh, Arby's curly fries. Oh, man, talk about gas. <laughs> so, yeah, mayo chip it was – my significant other does not like mayo, so the thought of mayo and ketchup together was kind of gag-inducing, and I was almost ordered that I couldn't have it in the house, but I just went ahead and What? It. She wasn't going <laughs> to let you have it in the house? I just, I just went ahead with it. <laughs> I was like, I have I to be able to like say- sitting on the couch one day, and she screams, and you turn around, and she dropped mayo on the ground and said, what the hell is this doing in the house? <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just had to put my foot down because like you said, I have to be able to say, Oh, I had that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, just, but just like, just like the green slime ketchup, they're both sitting in the fridge pretty much unused. <laughs> yeah. I think we still have some of the green. Ketchup. Well, maybe not. That I green, know it's still in the stores. You can still get it. That green it's only slime at Walmart because ketchup. it's a great value brand. It is at Walmart. Like I, when I was in there the other day, it was hard to find the first time around. And now I went into Walmart the other day. There was like a whole row of it. But it just – it tastes like ketchup but with a weird aftertaste probably because of the green food coloring consistency. Like it also seems kind of slimier than ketchup. Like – I mean, it's supposed to be slime, but it seems like a weird. It yeah, it definitely has a weird consistency, but yeah. I think it's probably all in your head that it tastes different because I think it tastes the same. If you were eating it in the dark, you probably wouldn't notice. Really, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what it was. Yeah, maybe it is the the. Do you, is viscosity the right word? <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. Work. Maybe it is that um, the makeup of it that kind of gives it a different taste when it hits my mouth because it just doesn't look or feel like ketchup so but yeah i still have the one in the fridge that i've tried a couple of times and then i you know i mean i like vintage nickelodeon things so i do have a a bottle or two that I and never. what do you know about this documentary coming up so did you is it popping up online more and more or what I've seen no like, I people... I so, didn't you get tagged or something on Instagram with oh, it oh yeah they I mean they tagged me on um they're premiering at like a doc documentary fest in New York um but the doc is called the Orange Years and they went around they interviewed you know people involved with shows and um producers and people who worked at Nickelodeon you know in the I think their time frame is kind of like the late 80s, early 90s. So, yeah, it is going to be like 
our generation. See, I feel like in the eighties they were insourcing a lot of their shows and then in the early nineties they started making their own stuff, you know, when they moved to Orlando and yeah. And then pretty, it, I mean, you can't do that on television was only on Nickelodeon here, but probably not elsewhere. Right. It was like a Canadian import that they licensed. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, don't, I, I'm, I'm just guessing here. Yeah. So yeah, that it, you're right. So yeah, like you can't do that on television was not specifically a Nickelodeon show. It started in Canada and, um, they just purchased it. And I think most Rugrats people and Doug and Ren and Stimpy, are you afraid of the dark? Once all that stuff hit, then yeah. I, I feel like that's when Nickelodeon became Nickelodeon. So I feel like that's kind of the 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 time period that they're in when Nickelodeon started producing all their own content. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I mean, I you know grew up with Snick and um, those cartoons and you know that whole genre of Hey Dude and Salute Your Shorts and uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark and Ren and Stimpy and Clarissa and I think they're going to get into all those and they've talked to many people and um, yeah it'll be good I'm I'm excited to see it I'll probably I don't know if it'll be in a theater near here but maybe it'll be a VOD pretty soon so yeah it's probably going to be a Netflix thing yeah I'll probably have to and, purchase and, it on iTunes actually and, and we still have an episode that we did of Nickelodeon right yeah and I t- yeah we have a Nickelodeon memories episode if you haven't gone back and listened to some of our previous podcasts please do and i also recently maybe earlier in the summer there's an episode of me speaking with uh venus de milo thomas who you know has uh telly on uh salute your shorts so that was a fun episode as well please check that out but yeah i mean i'm i'm nickelodeon there's people on you know, followers of OA had that people I've gotten to know through Instagram that are just full on Nickelodeon crazy and just collect it to no end. But I definitely. And there's another podcast about Nickelodeon, isn't there? Something about the Orange Couch or something. Yeah, there's guys. Um, a big orange couch, big Orange Couch podcast is a. They go into various topics and episodes, and they even have episodes where of their podcast where they will each essentially write like a synopsis of their own episode of a show that was on Nickelodeon. So that's kind of a fun kind of like fan fiction kind of podcast on some of their episodes, but yeah, they do a lot of fun things over there, but yeah, there's definitely a market for that documentary. I'm kind of, I wish I, I wish I uh, was a filmmaker and would have thought of something like that earlier. Cause it's such a great idea, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure it'll, it did well on kicks. I think they kickstarted it or, maybe Indiegogo or something like that. But um, I think it did pretty well. So hopefully they have a good product in the end. I can't wait to see it. Cools. So yeah, people are just like, well, this episode opened. He said they were going to talk about their favorite things, but you know, they just keep rambling. You know, Jesse keeps asking these random questions. You know, I listened just the other day. (laughs) I, I re-listened to our serial episode <laughs> and I, I, I went because we were using mrbreakfast.com. Yeah. And I was kind of poking around on there today and I think I might start collecting serial Dude. prizes. Oh, serial prizes. Yeah. I want to start collecting serial boxes and you know, I'm already collecting enough. So <laughs> the missus of the house is just like rolls her eyes. Well, when I at mention. least you can make those flat and you can kind of yeah. keep them 
you know, off to the side. Yeah, but maybe they, in, a, in a stack. They but. also, you know, they make plastic holders, and you can have them on display, not flat. So, <laughs> so I I recently yeah. tracked well. down. I know that Count Chocula has kind of been the same box for the previous few years, but I didn't save last year, so I bought another one this year, and I also bought that Mario cereal that's been out. Um, so you are flattening these boxes and. Those two I haven't even opened. Those are unopened. Oh, I wonder if she wants to kill you. Put those in cases and leave them how they are. I would love, 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 love to start collecting Happy Meal boxes, but I oh, feel yeah. like there's just so many from. It would never end. Yeah. Throughout the years, exactly. Like, <laughs> where, where does it end? But I think you know, you know the other with, thing with is magazines and garbage pill kids. They have numbers. Yeah. But didn't the Happy Meals also like each prize run? Sometimes they'd have several different boxes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like you could just buy one one box for each uh, different, you know, type promotion. of Happy Meal toy promotion. Sometimes it's four, three to four boxes. Yeah, I'm trying not to think about it too much. <laughs> it once you get sucked in, I mean, it's. Oh. It's, it's a money suck. So. Well, that's why there's these crazy McDonald's collectors. And then you, I mean, you have experience. Didn't you have a family member that passed away and left, like, boxes and boxes of McDonald's <laughs> promotions? Yeah, I got all those toys in the garage. And they weren't even just McDonald's. It was, like, all fast food promotions. Yeah. The sad thing is she lived in Florida, so a lot of them, you know, they smelled moldy just oh. from the weather and, and the humidity down there. Uh. You can't have nice things in Florida. <laughs> I don't Some people say people in Florida wouldn't have nice things anyways because it's like the armpit of the states. But I wouldn't say that. I love everyone from it's Florida. A, it's America's <laughs> wang. <laughs> oh, but it is where Nickelodeon was created in its heyday. So True. it had something going for it. That's one of my um, one of my childhood missed opportunities is and you know, regrets is that my family never took me to Universal back then. So I could have seen Nickelodeon studios and that building just looks so ama- awesome with the slime outside. And... I was there in 95. Oh, so you saw it? I saw where the studio was. Yeah. Oh. I didn't go in. And now it's like it a decorated with like a blue man group advertisements. Yeah. And I think since then that maybe that's not even there, but man. I, yeah. And I haven't even been back since. It's a very expensive vacation. Yeah. Unfortunately, growing up with three other siblings, so four of us, we just did road trips. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, too and fancy. there's nothing wrong with those. Yeah. I love road trips. Yeah. We never went to Florida because we were growing up in Minnesota, so it was like you drive west or a little bit south, but <laughs> nothing too far. The one time, though, we did drive from Minneapolis to Seattle. That was a pretty large trip. Hmm. Yeah, there's not much along the way. Well, the Black Hills. Oh, you went that way? Yeah. I figured so, you'd go through North Dakota. So the Black Hills, we hit uh, Yosemite. Um, yeah, that's about it. Why? And then Seattle. Oh, we went, <laughs> it's a long way. <laughs> So every time I went to Montana, we went through uh, North Dakota. Yeah, the I best, wanna... best thing to come out of North Dakota is 94. 
I I want to get up there to you know maybe when my son is a little older take a road trip to the Black Hills and see Mount Rushmore and because as a kid like seeing Mount Rushmore and going through like Deadwood and these like old tourist trap towns like it was just it was kind of there was something really cool about it but I don't know how it would hold up for a kid these days but hopefully it would still have the same kind of appeal. I've been back quite a few times. I brought the girls there. Yeah. Um, right after Mila was born. I think she was like three months old when we were there. Because we went to a wedding in Montana. And we mm-hmm. drove back through the Black Hills. So we have pictures of her. Just, I mean, she was she couldn't even sit up by herself. We had to hold her. <laughs> Poor kid. Sitting in the car seat that long. Oh, I can't imagine. But yeah, I mean, it'd be... And then... I just know that when I was a kid, there was a project starting for Crazy Horse Monument. Yep. And they had, like, his nose carved out of the mountain or the stone, and um, they had, the, like, a horse head drawn on the side of it. And I, I feel like it's still at the same point. <laughs> yep. They, uh, they, I think they may, might have uh, exploded a hole kind of underneath where the horse's chin is. But that's about it. <laughs> Why would it take so long? Like, I, fun, I mean, how can you not have funding after so many years to just do some parts of it? They're still working on it. Um, it is a museum there, too. So yeah. it's, you do, it's not like you're paying 20 bucks to go and stare at half a monument. Like, mm-hmm. there is a museum and stuff in there, too. Yeah. And they are, they, they are still working on it while you're at the museum. Yeah, because I remember seeing, like, a model of what they want it to look like and mm-hmm. going in the museum, so. Yeah, and even that model, you're looking at it going, wow, they got a long ways to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like, like, I don't think it's going to be done in our lifetimes, oh, to be honest. Wow, yeah. And you think that it could go faster than Mount Rushmore. I mean, look at when they did Mount Rushmore, and how, they didn't even finish that, right? Like, they wanted that to be, like, full busts. And it stopped at kind of like the lapels. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They, I, I, I think I'm happy that they stopped. I think it would be probably a little weird if they just kept going. But yeah. Well, yeah, I looked up the Crazy Horse Memorial, and it looks like they have like, like eyes and eyebrows kind of etched out, and the nose and the mouth are look fully done. But yeah, then there's just kind of a hole under where his arm would be pointing. Yeah, something like that. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, maybe they'll just do the head and that'll be it. <laughs> I mean, that's enough to, and a museum is probably enough to like draw people there. So, but yeah. Now we're getting into a different podcast. Are we talking like road trip memories? <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do. I mean, we could do road trip memories if people want to go on this journey with us, but <laughs> we were we were here to talk our Oprah Winfrey five favorite things, um, not picked by Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse, I think it's time. Green meadows, skies full of stars, raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. All right, so thank you, Julie. 
this is the oh I had that five favorite things for the end of the year 2018 Jesse why don't you start us out what do you want me to say <laughs> <laughs> come on man um well like like you said at the beginning of the episode Oprah has just released her favorite things I think she's got more than five though doesn't she yeah I you know I don't know <laughs> I don't pay attention to Oprah, but thanks, Oprah. <laughs> but we're you gonna know, do five. We're gonna do yeah. five each. So I think people enjoy this, hopefully, and maybe they'll chime in online with what their five favorite things of the year would be. Or now, this is not necessarily just our favorite things. I mean, yeah. Let's let's be honest. Somebody could probably just chime in with just about anything. We wanted to make it nostalgic. So these yeah. are five. Each of us has chosen five nostalgic favorite things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the thing that I have to start out with is something that you pointed out to me because – well, explain how this came about. How did this book come about in your life? So, uh, you know, we built up – or I built up oh, – I had that online first before bringing it to you and doing the podcast. But um, so – our main hub is the Instagram and through the Instagram I've, you know, come in contact with a lot of different awesome people who are, you know, not only creators of video or podcasts or, you know, different merchandise or, you know, even, um, publishers and artists. And, um, this book actually is a production company. He's kind of a publisher and he has done several books on, you know, film posters and, um, different varying topics, but they're 1984 productions and the, uh, offshoot company, which is a totally unrelated to 1984, but they did this book with a company called Rue Morgue, um, who also does kind of like horror genre type merchandise and different things. And 1984, um, is a kind of a publisher of, uh, books and titles. So they, um, this gentleman by the name of Mike Gingold has been a just a horror movie fanatic all his life, and he grew up clipping newspaper articles and advertisements of all the movies releasing in his area, and he amassed this collection through the years. So this book specifically, though, focuses on newsprint ads of 1980 to 1989 of just the horror genre. So it's an entire... Um, book of those news ads and then um, by several of them there will be blurbs of you know different facts about it so you know I on Instagram came in contact I reached out to the um, people operating the 84 it turned out just to be one gentleman and he's um, not only a author of, or you know publisher of oh, his own titles but he you know got on board producing this for Mr. Gingold and he uh, was more than happy to send us a couple of copies and you know it's just an awesome book I'll post about it again I know I've you know storied about it on Instagram in the past but um, it's called Ad Nauseum Newsprint Nightmares from the 1980s so this is you really connected with this and why it, don't we... this is a beautiful hardcover yeah book I mean it is fancy schmancy I mean this is this is uh, something you would put on coffee table and anybody could pick it up and just flip through it probably for a good hour or two just looking at all of these newspaper ads that this guy collected yeah. 
from his youth. I mean, this is not stuff that he went back and got. This is stuff that he collected for 10 years and then sat on for another nearly 30 years before he even did anything with it, <laughs> to yeah, be honest. And, 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 uh, I mean, I connected with it, but I could just hear the passion in your voice and, and just seeing it online, I knew it'd be something you would love. So I'm glad that you love it as well. So it had to be on your list. So I'm happy that it is. Um, but, you know, through the years, you know, meeting you, you know, kind of beginning a high school, um, you were always someone who was just a hundred percent in with, you know, like movie critics and newspaper, uh, reviews and clippings and going to like, you know, the library to look at microfiche and look at all the old movie releases. Yeah. So. And that's, that, this is totally what this reminds me of because when I was like 12 years old, I discovered like the microfilms yeah. and I would, I would look this stuff up, not necessarily just horror. I would look up anything like I remember in like 95, I went back and looked at the ads from 89 and I was just in awe. And I remember another lady wanted to use the computer or use the, <laughs> the machine. And I'm just like, uh, I have to give this up now. Like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to look at this, but yeah. So I've never looked back once I discovered that. And I've actually traveled like, I, I used to go down to the University of Minnesota and just sit for like six hours at a time and just look at these old microfiches. And or actually, it was microfilm, not yeah. microfiche. But yeah, I I have always always loved old movie ads in the newspapers, and it it's it's sad that they're not in there anymore. Like, yeah, not as prevalent, right? Well, the New York Times and the LA Times I think has them, but the local papers around here do not have them at all. Oh, really? They don't do them at all? No, not at all. Well, I mean, some of the, maybe like the art house stuff. Wow. But, so they're like, oh, you're, everyone's just going to go on like Fandango anyway. Right. <laughs> Completely true. Like the internet has killed the newspaper. Yeah. And, you know, you can't even read the newspaper on the internet without paying for it anymore. Uh, you get your five free articles or something and then... Yeah, I hate that when I see an article on like Facebook or whatever, and I click it, and it's like this is a premium article. I'm like, well, yeah. how did this person post it? Damn it! <laughs> well, you have like, it's just like cable TV though. It's like yeah. I'm gonna pay for this, but I'm still gonna see all these ads on it. Like yeah. what? So you know, I mean, it, it. These people need to get paid too. I get it. Trust me, I get yeah. it. But I don't know. The internet is free. It's crazy. Um, but, well, why don't we just like go through this and touch on a few of these? Because I'm looking at this book now, and it's just like looking at 1980, and you see how sexploitation kind of dri- like kind of oozed into the 80s, and it was still kind of prevalent. Um, in like 80, 81, I'm looking at the co-ed murders and Dracula and Son and Vampire Playgirls. like like all of these movies that are like straight out of the 70s but this is the 80s they're still there but these ads are just so cool (laughs) and you see like the co-ed murders is a guy with a cleaver in his hand you just see his hand and you can see the supposedly the victim who's in the bathtub you can see her face screaming uh, as a reflection on the cleaver it's just This is awesome. Well, you know, a lot of that stuff too, like this is total bait and switch. And you see that a lot. Yeah. You saw that a lot back then. Like Eager Beavers on the next page. This is page 19. Uh, Eager Beavers and Vampire Playgirls. Those were other movies. Like um, uh, Eager Beavers was the swinging barmaids. Like, <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> 
it's just retitled. And uh, Vampire Playgirls is a movie called The Devil's Nightmare. I've actually seen The Devil's Nightmare. And uh, Vampire Playgirls does not make any sense for that movie. <laughs> I mean, The Devil's Nightmare is kind of goofy too. But um, yeah, but just looking through here, I mean, it, it has everything from, I mean, Mother's Day to 976 Evil at the other end of, I mean, Spookies is in here. So, oh, so I mean, all of these, like, I didn't even notice that. So, all of these on this page were, in fact, like 70s sexploitation that they re released with a different uh, title. Not necessarily sexploitation, but exploitation for sure. Like, yeah. a lot of these, they make it look like a sexploitation movie, but mm -hmm. it's actually, I mean, the, the Devil's Nightmare does have a pretty good lesbian tryst in it, to be honest. <laughs> but, but it also it, looks like several. It is a total horror movie. And several like, of them were also like Italian or like Belgian or different countries, and then they retitled it and re-released right. it over here. Okay. Yes, yeah, totally. Makes and sense. and um, if I'm not mistaken, The Swinging Barmaids is actually a thriller. So huh. you think you're going to see a movie about uh, naked cheerleaders or something with eager beavers, but no, that's not the case. But yeah, it's just it's it's so fun just going through and just looking. I mean. Page, what, 75, there's an ad for Q, a Larry Cohen movie about mm -hmm. the, that dragon in New York City. It's like this truly makes you want to go back and watch these movies and, and, and see a lot of them that I haven't even seen before. Like I, I know of Q, but I've never seen Q. But yeah. like these ads are doing – even today. Okay, go to page uh, 146. Uh, these movies – or these ads are doing to me what they should have done back then or would have done back then, which is I have to go see that movie right now. Yeah. Like, are you on page 146? Yes. You see that movie Superstition? Yeah, This that is Look awesome. At that. Look at that ad. The movie oh my sucks, God. but that <laughs> is so cool. <laughs> Superstition, you should have believed. Starts today. <laughs> it's a very yeah, but then uh, – yeah. To to bookend superstition on page one forty seven is Jim Carrey's once bitten <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right across the page. It's oh my bitten. god! Nineteen eighty five. Oh, once bitten. And then there, and then you turn the page, and there's a couple of different ads for Nightmare on Elm Street two. So, but no, let's just talk about Lauren Hutton for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> or who was the girlfriend in Once Bitten? She was. Cute back then, but vanished. Was Karen Copens maybe? I, I've never seen Once Bitten. You've never seen Once Bitten? What are you doing? I yeah. have not been bitten yet. And then 148, you get to see A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. Yep. Oh, totally. I, I, to, to be completely honest, anybody who's intrigued needs to get this book because yeah, it's it will awesome. blow your mind. Yeah, it, uh, even if you're just not necessarily horror, but film in general, like this is a awesome, like seeing these ads and almost uh, many of them were probably just the full-on movie poster printed with like the theaters listed underneath it, but they're just so cool. And it, being in black and white, it makes it even better because that's how they were printed. They're not 
colorized. Of course, he's keeping newsprint ads, so that's how it looked to him, and they probably just photocopied these into this book. And you know what I'm happy he did, too, is he left the movie theaters in there. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so this is all from the New York area, I believe, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. So this book is $26.04 on Amazon right now. I think it retails at $34.95 on the back. Well worth it. Yeah. I would have paid 40 bucks for it. So shout out to uh, – did we get it straight from the author? Uh, we got it from 1984 Productions who um, were one of the publishers. Well, shout out to them because yeah. to be completely – 100% honest, I could not put this thing down. I probably looked at it every night before bed for at least a week, and then I was like, okay. So yeah, sh shout, out, <laughs> shout out to Matthew over at 1984. If you go on Instagram, you can go to at 1984prods, P-R-O-D-S, and um, Matthew is the curator of that Instagram and the publisher, one of the publishers on this book, and there's a lot of... Uh, posts involving ad nauseum and you know just kind of promoting that and it's definitely worth the promotion and um if anything follow a link through his instagram to try to get a hold of it and uh fully support these uh yeah and let him know what you think about it yeah. too. like go leave a review on in, or amazon yeah i think it's got a couple of five-star reviews on there already so but yeah that that even uh 1984 Prod's uh, Instagram is fun because they've been going around to a lot of different conventions and uh, having uh, people take a photo with the book. So, like, was that guy's name Joe Bob Briggs? <laughs> yep, yep. He's actually coming to town here. I'm going to go see him at the end of the month. Oh, that's awesome. So Joe Bob Briggs is holding the book in a photo. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's um, so cool. But, yeah, uh, two more things. If if you are intrigued by this stuff, once you get the book, uh, there's a, a Twitter, Old Movie Ads Twitter, where they post movie ads. Not necessarily horror, but just old movie ads. And you're like, ah, cool, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then um, one of the things – see, you don't really have to go to the library anymore and, <laughs> and look at this stuff. Yeah. New, Newspapers.com. Uh, you can sign up for an account on there and you can scroll through so many, so many different newspapers uh, from around the country. And uh, you can basically create your own ad nauseum book if you wanted to. But uh, I think his idea, which he spawned. Yeah, I mean, this comes from like this guy's passion of like film and horror and um just the newsprint ads in general you could tell it just comes from somebody's hobby and passion and just this collection is and the knowledge behind it is just so crazy it's awesome so it, it, it's 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 so strange to think that in 1980 he just started cl clipping these and here we are in 2018 <laughs> and yeah. he did something with it so yeah, awesome. kudos to him and and it's fantastic so, Ad Nauseum, Newsprint Nightmares from the from the 1980s by Michael Gingold. And now that counts as one of my favorite things, but I know you're in love with it too. Yeah, it's we both loved it. So, thanks so much to 1984 Prods for sending us those copies. We love the book, and hopefully people will pick it up based on the us mentioning it here because we had to talk about it. Well, let's move on to one of my favorite things that I didn't run into until recently, maybe like the end of the summer or – um, not that long ago, but this company called Arcade One Up, they're doing retro cabinets that I believe are 
um, scaled down. I forget what the fraction is, but they're scaled down from uh, like you think of a full size arcade cabinet. Um, this one actually is at the height where um, you would sit down to play it, um, or they sell a riser that you can put the cabinet on, and then you can fully stand up at it, just like the retro cabinets. Um, but they do. I think about five different uh, cabinets right now. They have a Street Fighter uh, cabinet, which comes with three different versions of Street Fighter. They have a Galaga with two Galagas and um, Rampage that comes with Joust and Gauntlet and Defender. And there's a Centipede cabinet that comes with Missile Command uh, and a couple other titles on there as well. And then, of course, Asteroids and uh, a few other Atari titles on that Asteroids machine. But what's cool is coming up this Black Friday, which um, you actually pointed out to me, Walmart is going to have a Black Friday sale where you can get the Galaga machine or a new Arcade 1 title um, or release by by them anyways is Pac-Man. So this cap Pac-Man cabinet comes with a couple of different versions of Pac-Man and the art on the side is just so amazing. It just looks like the old school Pac-Man cabinets. Um, but these are going to be on sale for, you know, I think $50 less. And that's another thing. Another reason these are so awesome is the retail on these is $300. Like you can have an arcade cabinet in your living room for 300 bucks. I mean, that's nothing yeah. in comparison to, you know, the thousand, 2000 that most of those retro cabinets that you see that are made into multi-cades or whatever these days go for. So it's awesome to be able to get this brand new cabinet that you know might be a little bit scaled down and might not be as you know heavy duty built as they were back in the day but the playability and what i'm seeing online it's just awesome and holds up so for 300 bucks and this black friday at walmart you can get a couple of different titles for 250 each which includes a pac-man title which is awesome that's just that you can't beat that price. So. Well, yeah, they're they're two ninety nine regular, mm-hmm. but on Black Friday you can get one for two fifty. I think you can walk in right now and pick one up for two ninety nine. Yeah, they 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 have them. Yeah. To be completely honest, I know we talked about this before. I had the one that had the fifty games on it, mm-hmm. and it's it's big, it's bulky, it's loud. If you put it in a corner, you know, it's not like at the bowling alley where you're in the middle of. A bunch this of noise. Giant, this giant space, and yeah, yeah, there's noise everywhere. If you play this in your house, this is the only thing going, and it's <laughs> bouncing off the walls, and it's super loud, and you can't exactly just turn it down, you know? Um, so maybe a scaled-down version would be a better option for uh, the home consumer. The only issue that I've seen with them is maybe, like, the joystick might not be the greatest. I mm-hmm. have... I can't speak to that. I'm not quite sure. That was the only complaint I saw about him, though. Um, but otherwise, I mean, it's it's 300 bucks versus 3,000. Yeah. And you still get 10 games instead of 50 or whatever. So if you just want one of these, and I think the one at Best Buy, I'm looking at the one on Best Buy right now, and it comes with the 12-inch riser. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they have this riser you can put underneath it, which I think... If you buy it on its own, it's like 40 to 50 bucks or something like that just to, for that riser, which is not a big deal. I mean, you essentially you could go out and get three of these cabinets for the price of one of those multi-cades and just have a whole arcade in your living room. <laughs> so, yeah, or your, or your man cave. Yeah. It looks like it has a 17-inch uh, LCD screen. So it is definitely smaller 
than what you would be used to. But I, you know, the local bar here in the bowling alley has a Ms. Pac-Man that's probably actually smaller than this. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, this would be a way cool option, um, for, uh, you know, that man in your life that wants one of these. Yeah, I'm definitely, um, to me, these are way cooler than an Xbox. I'm sorry. No, for sure. I mean, yeah, you're limited as far as what games you're playing, but it's just all about the nostalgia of it and the 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 retro feel of the arcade machines. To me, the art and on the sides and the fronts of these arcade machines is just so cool. And um, I mean, these titles already they only have five, and with Pac-Man six titles, but they already are coming out the gate with some great releases. And I'm hearing buzz of titles coming through the pipeline that um, they haven't announced anything yet, but it sounds like they're working possibly with Konami on some um, Ninja Turtles or X-Men or NBA Jam. Or... It looks like there's a Street Fighter 2 already. Yeah, they, well, they have Street Fighter... Um, I think that one that machine is Street Fighter 2, and it has Super Street Fighter 2 and then Super Street Fighter 2, um, whatever that third version is of that game. There's three different versions on that. Capcom. Um, if they ever released. get the Simpsons, holy shit, dude! I know. Like, think of the like, like Turtles or Turtles in Time or the Simpsons or X Men, the four player X Men, or you know even Midway like NBA Jam, like that'd be awesome. Like any of those titles. So I'm I'm kind of holding out. I don't know if I'm gonna get one on Black Friday, although that Pac Man one is awesome. But um, <laughs> maybe next year we'll see if they have some different titles and grab one of these because. Which is so cool. And I have seen on YouTube, easy enough, you know, you can purchase other buttons and joysticks that are a little bit more um, heavy duty and might have a little bit better playability. Um, I've seen um, mods that you could do to the board to, you know, add in buttons if needed or switch out the controls. And then uh, I even saw somebody already just installing a Raspberry Pi in the back of this uh, arcade one-up machine so that it becomes a multi-cade with, like, endless possibility of games so there's a lot of different things you can do with it um but just the way it is now i mean i don't think i would even necessarily want to touch it i mean get a couple of these with um a few different titles on each one and what more do you need Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm all in on retro arcades so um near us here there's a place called flashback arcade which you can find a video on our uh oh i had that on youtube where i visited flashback and um they're doing awesome things where it just is a time warp when you walk in. It's almost like that arcade on Stranger Things where the they have the glow-in-the-dark carpet and loud music and all the machines are going. And it's just... You see what I'm saying? With, with newspapers.com, I don't have to go to the library. With this arcade machine, you don't have to go to the arcade. <laughs> I mean, get yourself a projector. Sign up for Instacart to have your groceries delivered to you your house. You never have to leave you the house. You never have to leave. <laughs> you can be a hermit. If you can find a way to work at home, you're set. Yeah. You don't have to leave. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, those – I actually looked it up, those uh, Arcade 1-Up. Um, you can go to arcade1up.com. They, the cabinets are 3-4 scale. Um, so that works out, too, about 45.8 inches in height, 23-inch diameter, and 19-inch in width. And they're only about 63 pounds. So that's nothing compared to an old school machine. They curl that machine. <laughs> but, yeah, they just look so awesome. And um, 
very authentic to like a full-size machine so definitely beats the little ones that you see at walmart and target that just could sit on a shelf you know those little tiny buttons that actually have a little miniature joystick the size of a tic tac like (laughs) like those look cool to put on a shelf just to like look at like the they look like old arcade machines but they're not going to be something you're going to play just like those old old handheld games like the tiger electronic games like you had those but you never played them (laughs) you'd play them in the car (laughs) yeah that's about it but yeah this this is definitely a good option if you're looking to have a cabinet in your your man cave or family living room because it doesn't take up as much space and very affordable. So, yeah, that would be my first favorite thing. Why don't we bounce back to you, Jesse? You know, I'm looking through my favorite things, and there <laughs> is a through line here, uh, sadly enough. Um, my, most of mine have to do with movies. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> Most of them, with the exception of one, which I'm going to save, but uh, next one we could pretty much cruise through, and that is the, I don't know if you've heard of this, the Disney Movie Club. Do you know what that is? No, I don't. Oh, I think we talked about it before. It's it's basically the Columbia House of Disney movies. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Okay, so you sign up, and you know it's the usual deal where you get a certain amount for this much, and then you just have to buy this many more at regular price, and and then you're golden and you know i'm sure you could probably cancel the club and then start over but um the thing that i'm most jazzed about is they do exclusives uh just for club members like you can't go to uh best buy and pick up the parent trap on blu-ray but you can get it through the club Hmm. and yeah and uh that's where honey i shrunk the kids is available um, Jungle to Jungle is available. I'm just going to read through a few of these titles. Um, the Three Musketeers from 1993. Um, Holes with Shia LaBeouf from uh, <laughs> 2003. Uh, Freaky Friday, both versions, the 1977 version, 77, 76, somewhere in there, and the 2003 version with Lindsay Lohan and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. She's so good in that movie. Um, Mighty Joe Young, Return to Oz. Uh, Pollyanna, Rocket Man, Cool Runnings, all three Mighty Ducks movies, the the original Treasure Island, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Um, there's a version of Hocus Pocus, but I think I saw that at uh, Walmart, so not that one. The one that I am the most excited about, though, is uh, The Journey of Natty Gan. Finally, a widescreen version and it just happens to be in 1080p too. So, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> oh, a total nerd. But guess what? That that's a scope movie, and <laughs> the VHS and the DVD are both full frame. So, I mean, it, it does matter. Trust me, it so, matters. Why do you get... think we have widescreen TVs? Because no. movies are shot in that aspect ratio. So let me get this straight. So you can go to DisneyMovieClub.go.com and. It says pick four movies for a dollar. So that's essentially how you would jump in and join yep. the club. Is you yep. you get four titles right out of the gate for a buck, probably plus shipping, right? Yeah. And then um, after that, will they just do you make a list or do they just automatically send you a title? That you have the option to decline the the monthly title, which mm. you want to do because otherwise they'll they'll charge you thirty bucks and send it to you. 
I've had it happen, and then you just send it back and get your money back. But then they kind of lecture you and say, well, make sure that you uh, decline it before the time. But, um, yeah. So, so will once... you get, like, an email alert, like, this is this month's title. Please decline or accept or... Yes. Okay. Yes, and there is a mailing where you, you get, you know, occasionally you get, like, a bookmark in there, and they'll give you the new catalog and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the coolest thing about it is just what I said. It's these, these exclusives. Like, you can get all of the Herbie movies. You can get all the computer war tennis shoes movies, uh, Operation Dumbo Drop, uh, Apple Dumpling Gang, both Witch Mountain movies. Um, what else? Um, but it looks like maybe Old when Yeller. Oh, it looks like I, maybe when you're jumping on board to pick your first four, it probably doesn't show you that large a scope of like all these that you're saying, right? Is it just maybe? Select it. Oh, no, it keeps going here. As I scroll down, they keep popping up more and more. Well, once you join, I think you can get into these exclusives. Um, okay. And that they do put out like two or three every couple of months. Like I know when they put out The Mighty Ducks, there was a couple other movies too. But you can – I mean it's not limited to the exclusives though either. You, you can pick up pretty much any Disney movie. Uh, that's available still and Marvel and you know Touchstone Hollywood Pictures all those types of movies so what is a blu-ray is it does a blu-ray run 30 bucks if you yeah like okay so after your initial investment then you just had to buy x amount I don't remember the number like I crossed that I crossed over that uh, part a long time ago but uh, let's just say it's like six. So you buy six movies at thirty bucks. Okay. But you're still coming out ahead. And if you if you buy one at thirty bucks, then occasionally they'll give you a deal. Like right now, I think it's sixty percent off all other titles beyond that one. Oh wow! So you buy one for thirty bucks, and then every other movie that you buy that month, you can get for like ten bucks. Oh wow! So you can go completely crazy. Do you think though that when they launch this Disney streaming service that all these titles are going to be on their stream service? Um, I would say they'll probably switch them out from time probably, to time. Like Netflix. One, one of the cool things about Disney is they really are great with their special features. Mm. Like if you could pick any of their movies and they have terrific special features. I don't think that the exclusives have that great of special features on them. If any, and I think that's kind of why they kind of hide them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like the Three Musketeers probably doesn't have a lot of behind the scenes stuff that they shot. Um, anything beyond like a trailer. Like I, I don't really think that they were thinking this far ahead when they made that movie. Like we have to make a 45 minute behind the scenes for the video, you know, <laughs> they, they probably weren't thinking like that. So they can kind of hide behind this is a Disney exclusive. But if you pick up something like uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol or the Disney, uh, the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol, I'm sure that that has like hours of – and I know that The Nightmare Before Christmas probably has a whole ton of stuff on it. Yeah. And Frank and Winnie. And, uh, and then you get into like the, the real classic Disney movies like Dumbo and Pinocchio and all those. I know that there's probably – just tons of behind the scenes stuff on that stuff. So if you really like uh like like the special features more than mm-hmm. just the movie, then yeah, definitely go after those other ones too because 
let's be honest, if you go to Target, you're not going to get Pinocchio for cheaper than 20 bucks anyway. Yeah. It's they never go on sale. So if you can get Pinocchio and Dumbo, you know, 20 bucks each at Target or you pay 30 for one and 10 for the other, you know, it's pretty much a wash anyway. But you could also pick up Beauty and the Beast and the Aristocats and uh, Disney's Robin Hood. You can pick them all up for 10 bucks if you join this club. So I am uh, – I've, I've bought quite a few movies off here. So Yeah, it sound, I mean it sounds like a heck of a deal. I would – if I – I just try not to buy many Blu-rays anymore. I just don't see the necessity just because everything's streaming. But I've found myself now – purchasing dvds so we can play them in the car for uh the little guy and like yeah uh, and well as a completist for me yeah just knowing that honey i shrunk the kids is available on blu-ray like of course i can stream it but it's not going to be as it's not going to look as good yeah i get you also i i have mighty ducks two and three on vhs but i can't for the life of me find the first one on vhs so oh geez (laughs) I would I would be all so on board if this movie club still did VHS. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that sounds awesome. I mean, I along with that, I'm just so excited for their streaming service. I can't wait. Yeah, what's taking so long? I don't know, but they're they're announcing like all of these original shows. Like Favreau's already filming the the Mandalorian or whatever, which is a Star Wars show that I think is going to be a character kind of similar to Boba Fett, if I'm not mistaken. And then um, now they announced a Rogue One spinoff with Diego Luna's character. Really? Where he's going to have his own TV show. So Didn't he get killed off? Yeah, but maybe it's like leading up to kind of like young Han Solo movie. <laughs> maybe it's going to be like him before the events of Rogue One. So, But they're doing that as a TV show? Yeah, that's what I heard. See, yeah, I think that that's the direction they should go now. That uh, solo kind of bombed. Yeah, is maybe explore the TV aspect or even streaming. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see any reason to have any of these other. Well, you remember how excited we were when he sold Star Wars to Disney, yeah. and immediately they said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna put one out every year." Oh yeah. We were shitting our pants going, no way, no that's going to be amazing. <laughs> and then we get them and we're like, oh, maybe Ooh. they should take their time on these. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm okay with them doing, like, one of the episodes every couple years or year. Like, don't we don't need all these spinoff movies. It's just unnecessary. I think but they're kind of like, – you did like Solo, though. You know what I did? It was an entertaining movie. Like, I didn't love Rogue One, but um, I thought Solo was – just entertaining and you know i thought they did a good job with like kind of being true to those characters of like chewbacca and han solo um but yeah i mean i liked it i didn't love rogue one um still can't say i loved the last jedi but (laughs) at least i i mean i'm on board to keep going to those episode ones i i just don't need the offshoots i don't i think it's watering down the the franchise and the canon and kind of just muddy in the waters so i think it'd be cool if they did more television content for this streaming service just based on the universe but maybe just stuck to the main features of these episodes it's going to be interesting to see jj abrams like jumping in now because 
you know, they had differences with whoever was going to do that next movie. Um, what was his name? Do you Ryan remember? Johnson? Was he? Or, no, but I think there was somebody else. Last Jedi. I think there was somebody else involved with the next one that now is out and J.J. is stepping in. But, yeah, Ryan also was going to be their golden boy. And didn't they give him, like, his own – I think he might still have, like, his own three-movie set after this one that they were going to have him do. But so much backlash with Jedi and people not enjoying it. So we'll see. I don't know. I used to be so Star Wars, and now I'm just kind of like – I love the original trilogy, but I, I just don't know about these. I'm indifferent. I just I keep watching them, but. And here I am saying maybe TV is the way to go. And then we think back <laughs> like uh, 84, 85, we had the Ewok movies. So maybe not. <laughs> you know what's crazy? We just like watched the Ewok movies because um, we thought our son would enjoy it. Just the little characters, which he was. He was totally captivated by the Ewoks, but. Man, those were bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Those were real bad. And then they picked this little girl who is, like, so uh, reminiscent of, like, Drew Barrymore, like, E.T. Oh, era, but yep. not Drew Barrymore. <laughs> but, yeah, wow. What you got next? Oh, are we on to me? Is it my next favorite thing? Oh, we're coming up on our third hour here. So... so. <laughs> Oh, my God. Maybe we can speed it up a little bit here. So why don't we talk? Uh, recently, I posted about this, but um, I I didn't have high hopes. I didn't even know it existed. I'm a year late to this party. I guess they came out last year, I think. But Honeymaid had this uh, s'mores cereal. Honeymaid yes. s'mores cereal. And I know you've tried it since. I've had a couple of boxes since first trying it. But... This is definitely making my list because, man, it takes me back to the S'mores Crunch days. And S'mores Crunch cereal was amazing. And nothing has lived up to it since. There's been other S'mores cereal. I think the S'mores with a Z, maybe that one still even exists. Um, or maybe it's another one that still exists. But this one by Honeymade, S'mores, I think it's just called S'mores cereal. You have to go out and get it. It's so reminiscent of S'mores Crunch. Um, I... Now I want another bowl of it. It's little pieces of chocolate, little marshmallows, and then like almost like golden graham squares. Ugh, well, so... wait. S'mores Crunch was like golden grams with chocolate like, and marshmallow. Yeah, they had they had choc chocolate and graham on the cereal itself, plus marshmallows. Mm -hmm. The Honey Made one is basically just golden grams with a shit ton of marshmallows. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you noticed that, but there, there <laughs> are so many marshmallows in that thing, plus Cocoa Puffs. So, I mean, they could have been sitting on this for uh, forever if they wanted to. Oh, yeah, the, the chocolate is like Cocoa Puffs, not, not chocolate. They're Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, 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 the new one. Yes, correct. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, but oh my god, it was so good. I I immediately bought a second box. I need to get another one. But yeah, shitload of marshmallows, cocoa puff pieces, which is the chocolate, and then essentially golden graham squares. Um, yeah. which I think the three separate things almost was more delicious than having something that's graham and chocolate combined, like the old school days. But I haven't had that since what the early 90s so i don't know <laughs> yeah i 
I really wish they would bring it back. But for now, yeah, this is. I I didn't think it was I think it didn't think it was possible to improve on Golden Grams, but holy shit, they did it. Yeah, Golden Grams. And I don't even like s'mores that much. Mm -hmm. S'mores are just a a mess in your hand. But that that hint of chocolate with the puff, and then all those marshmallows. Oh my god, it's like I actually had a bowl instead of a dessert one night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do that all the time. It's like, yeah, I'm going to have a bowl of this cereal. So definitely head out. Look for Honeymade S'mores if you haven't had it yet. I would highly recommend it. Um, I, I'm going to have to go buy a box tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, mine keeps disappearing. Like, I'll buy a box and I'll come home and it'll be gone. I'm like, okay, girls, That's I can my... see that I'm going to have to buy three boxes. <laughs> okay, you have other people eating it, but my complaint is it's just not a very large box either. Like... Give me the family uh, size of Walmart. this. Go to Walmart. You can get a giant box. Oh, really? Like Costco size box. Oh, yeah. Oh wow! I, th- I all I saw were the you know thin, uh, normal size box, not the family size. So if they have additional size, maybe I'll just buy one of those next time. Because man, the last time I I grabbed a, they only had the family size of apple cinnamon Cheerios because I hadn't had those in like a decade. Well, they that, still make those. That box is so big. <laughs> There's so many Cheerios in there. But yeah, that's what I, I that's what I said. They still make apple cinnamon Cheerios. I haven't had those in a while. Are they still good? Yeah, still the same apple cinnamon. I miss the uh early nineties white box with kind of like the calligraphy logo. Um but yeah, those were apple cinnamon Cheerios were my jam in the early nineties. So I had to try those again. But yeah, Definitely go out, honey made s'mores cereal. So it's it's worth the recommendation. Yep. Speaking of, guess what is guess guess what else is back? What is it? The McRib is back. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> I I had a McRib before you did, and all I got in reply to my text message was, You son of a bitch. <laughs> I think I gave you the finger. <laughs> <laughs> so this, the McRib is on your favorite things list. Is that correct? Is oh, that absolutely. Me? Oh, man. Absolutely. So how many have you had so far? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Last year, the area that I live in did not get it. What? I was so pissed. Because you got it in Chicago last year, right? Yeah. Or were you in Nashville? No. Well, I think it was last time I had it, I was in Chicago. No, you know what? I had one here as well. Yeah. For some reason, Nashville keeps getting them year after year after year. <laughs> and People love Minnesota the has to wait here. like 10 years between <laughs> visits by the McRib. But uh, I found on McRibLocator.com that it is coming to the Twin Cities. So I kept poking in. And it, it turns out it was coming after Halloween. But I did find one place that had it before Halloween and I immediately ordered two and I told the lady at the counter I was like do you have the McRib and she's like we do and it was this really nice old lady and I was like (laughs) oh my god and I said I'm gonna cry and (laughs) I I don't even think she acknowledged me she's just like please order (laughs) (laughs) no she was very very kind Uh, but uh Oh my God! I didn't want to eat it. I just wanted to look at it, and I wanted to kiss it. And uh, yeah, I love me a McRib. That's amazing. I mean, the McRib. 
I don't want to know what it's made of. I don't think it's oh, come ruby. on. <laughs> but, don't be that guy. No, I'm saying. Do you I, eat hot dogs? I, no, I'm saying. I I still love it. It's amazing. But it's not like you're going to a barbecue place and getting like actual ribs. I don't. No. It's no. it's a patty slathered in barbecue it's a, sauce. It's pork shoulder formed <laughs> into a, a a rib shape. I just like how they press it so it has like the indents. It kind of looks like ribs. <laughs> I don't even care. I, I love the barbecue sauce that comes on it. Oh my god! It's so much sauce. They put and like it's so half great. an onion on it. And the pickle makes it. Oh yeah, totally. The pickle cuts through everything. I know. I need a McRib tomorrow. Did you know it was invented by the same guy who made Chicken McNuggets? Are you serious? This guy is a he's genius. A, he's a hero. Put him on uh, uh, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> so I, I just does it, said... Does it make you think of the Flintstones, though? Oh, totally. Where the guy brings out the rib and it flips the car? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, uh, yeah, now you can only get it in the fall, and I think it's because of pork prices. But Did it did it start with like being a Flintstone sandwich? No, no. Okay. Um, they brought it out in 1981. It was like tested and... They brought it in 1981, and it was like on the menu. Oh, you know what? I I posted a Mc, a really old McRib commercial not too long ago. Yeah. Which that song was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I miss jingles. Yeah, bring back jingles, please, and TV theme songs. Yes. Oh, man, we should just do a that. Okay, this is. I'm making a promise to the listeners. We're oh, gonna what? do our favorite theme songs <laughs> on an upcoming episode. So that that has to happen. Get ready. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, even six months. So McRib has been out since eighty one. Nineteen eighty one, and oh it was God. on the menu through like eighty five, and then it just kind of people just weren't ordering it. Wow. So I think they 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 slowly just brought it back once here and there, you know, and then they really pushed it with uh, the Flintstones. So do you think – so they, they pushed it because they brought it back during the Flintstones. So it kind of was a promotional tie-in even though it already existed. Right. Okay. God. But but the Flintstones was in May. I mean that was at the beginning of the summer. Now we have to wait for pork prices to go down? Like I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't buy it. So is it never a set time of year? Is it always It there? is. It's in, it's in the fall. So oh, it's okay. usually like – between Halloween and like Christmas. So that's I can plan on next fall I'll have a McRib again. Yes. Okay. And when it came to the cities here, I said I was gonna have twenty. Oh my god. What are you Guess at? I'm at seven. <laughs> you should go buy like five. Knock five <laughs> more out. Just do five a week till it's I gone. D- here's the thing, I don't want to get sick of it. Yeah. I don't want it to come back next year and I go, ugh. Yeah. No, I'm still remembering last year when I you, had five of them. You've had seven McRibs? I've, well, <laughs> over time, not in one day. Uh, yeah, but how long has it been back now? Maybe it's about two weeks now. <laughs> over time. <laughs> well, if I get two every time I go there. Oh, you get two? Yeah. Wow, you crushed two McRibs at the same, like in one sitting? Come on now. Come on, bruh. Wow. It's a McRib. <laughs> wow. No, I get one in that's filling. Do you just eat the sandwiches, though? Skip no. the fries. The fries, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, now I got to go get one tomorrow. Oh, my God. For football. I need one. I haven't had one in a couple weeks. 
Have you just had the one? Yep, just the one. See, I hate McRib haters. Yeah, I don't know what there is to hate. It's so delicious. All that barbecue sauce, the pickle. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm sold. I'm, I want one again. Oh, McRib. <laughs> that, that one was easy to me. Yeah. That could have been my number one. So do you think it would ruin it if they just leave it on the menu? You know, I think so. I just wish I didn't have to wait a year. Like, bring it back three times a year. There you go. Yeah. And it's not like you're going to only get that every time you go to McDonald's. I mean. Right. I, I eat their breakfast all the time. Yeah. A sausage um, sausage biscuit or a sausage McMuffin is only a dollar. Oh, yeah. And their coffee. And you know what? Some people were grossed out by it, but um, one the first time I had one, I w- it was, I think – a sobering up morning in Vegas a few years back. I had a McGriddle. Oh, my mm. God. I haven't turned back. I love a me a McGriddle. <laughs> they are good. Oh, it's so good. And you'd think it would make your fingers sticky, but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. No. It's so good. So definitely look, everybody look for the McRib. Look for it every fall at a McDonald's near you. <laughs> Hopefully. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Bring it back a couple of times a year. Yeah. So my next favorite thing probably doesn't need a lot of our time, but I was in Target today. And I'm going to post this on the gram um, sometime this week. But they have – I mean, in the past, even Target is always – they have so much stuff. It's just a plethora of things that, you know – remind me of a simpler time and games and toys that are just kind of reminiscent of old things. I mean, they even sell stretch Armstrong there for crying out loud. Um, but they had a setup there in the front of the store that was all nostalgic things. They had copies of clueless on DVD. They had grease on DVD. They had these boxes that look like VHSs that are actually a t-shirt inside. So they had like fast times uh, Fast Times t-shirt, a Beetlejuice t-shirt, Back to the Future t-shirt. Um, and then also on there they have like Carmen Sandiego, the uh, table game, like card game. They have old retro, almost like electronic football handhelds, but it was of Oregon Trail. Like an old Oregon Trail handheld. What? Yeah, I'm not kidding. And then they had um, trivia games. That, like this one that's a boom box, and it's like rewind to the 80s and 90s. Um, and it's a, like a three to six player card game and they have hella nineties pop culture trivia game and like totally eighties pop culture trivia. And they're both card games that have about 400 different questions and they each have like a Spotify playlist tied into it that you can pull up. Um, and there, then there were books of like the top. 100 albums of the 80s, top 100 albums of the 90s, like a coffee table book. And believe it or not, they had Britney Spears' Baby One More Time album on cassette and the Stranger Things soundtrack. So the actual music that they bought, like the um, Clash and all those iconic songs of that era on cassette. The Stranger Things cassette soundtrack. So it's just this whole uh, front area, like, set up like a display of nostalgic items. Is and... anybody going to be able to play that? <laughs> That's what I said. I wanted to buy that Stranger Things tape so bad, but I don't have a cassette player. Anyhow. How much was it? Do you know? I think it was eleven ninety nine. 
And that was another oh my thing. God. For a cassette, I was 12 bucks. I was like, nah, I'll pass. But, I mean, it looks cool. Especially for something you can't even listen to. Yeah, it's a cassette. I mean, I have the Back to the Future soundtrack on cassette, but that was... You could go to any pawn shop. That was 50 cents. I bought that for 50 cents. <laughs> $12 is a bit much. I mean, if that was like 6 bucks, I would have bought it. Just to put it with my other Stranger Things collectibles, but... Yeah, I mean that set that whole setup is making my favorites list because it was just quality. I want both those trivia games. Um, well, the problem with those is you have to find somebody else who's as passionate about it. Otherwise, you're gonna stomp them and they're gonna get bored. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be cool to play with a group. It'd be fun. Because um, everybody knows I love that stuff, so I get it for Christmas, and then nobody will play with me. <laughs> what I did grab, they had um, a dis- on that display. They had a bunch of Rubik's cubes, and I didn't have a Rubik's cube, so I I had to grab one. Finally. Yeah, finally. But it was only six bucks, so. But yeah, yeah tar- not that much. Target is a great place for uh, they they've totally dived headfirst into the nostalgia, uh, love the. The as a friend of mine called it, the fetishization of nostalgia. <laughs> I love it. So everybody's on board um, with it these days. So, um, wait, wait, pl- did he say that I was as he was ripping? Oh, I had that. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> he was saying that as um, when Stranger Things first came out and everybody was making like T-shirts using that font and stuff. Yeah. Um, it was a phrase that he threw out there and it stuck. I love it. So credit to my buddy Dan with that one. Um, but yeah, t- I'd, uh, I would definitely send people to Target if they want to trip down memory lane because there's a lot of things there. One thing that ticked me off, though, is they brought back Teddy Ruxpin, um, and he's Bluetooth, and he's $99. Really? Yeah, there's uh, Teddy Ruxpin is almost $100. Well, I think he was probably sixty bucks back in the I day. Mean, and then they have a a small version of him, like that. I think he just has built-in talk, like different phrases. I don't think he does tape or Bluetooth or anything. But he was like fifteen bucks. But the the full-on Teddy Ruxpin they brought back is almost a hundred dollars. It's like really, come on. I don't like that they messed with his face. Yeah. I mean, I think they should have just brought back the tape version, and he he comes with the tape. The the Stretch Armstrong that they brought back looks the exact same. Why can't Teddy Ruxpin look the exact same? Yeah, why not just still do the tape? Oh man, I want now I want to track down an old Teddy Ruxpin that still works. <laughs> <laughs> just like, like the, the other... one at Target is sixty nine ninety nine. Oh, it is sixty nine. I was there and it was ninety dollars. Uh, it says regular ninety nine ninety nine. Okay, see. So it's on sale. Well, it's a steal at seventy. I still yeah. think that's too much. <laughs> it it is, yeah. Um, just Did like you the, ever have an, an old Teddy Ruxpin? You know, I, I don't, I, I don't think we had a Teddy Ruxpin. And we didn't either. But I always thought, what if I put like a Bon Jovi? <laughs> Would you sing Bon Jovi? Is he supposed to? No. I, I don't know. So he only moves to his own tape. I don't know. I think his mouth just opened and closed. I don't. Oh, I don't okay. think it was to the beat of anything. Yeah, it's not like a rock of fire explosion situation, right? <laughs> Although it kind of looks like it. Um. Oh man, I, the other. I was gonna say the other night, I I somehow ran into glowworms again. So I posted about glowworm, and now I want a glowworm. <laughs> 
That was uh, one we definitely had. My daughters are playing with a glow worm right now. Really? Like they do I ha- just saw one today. They, they yeah, they were glow playing worms, with it today. Right? Huh? They have new glow worms, right? Well, there was two different glow worms. There was the the huggable one that was more like a stuffed animal. Yeah. And you would squeeze it and its face would light up. And then there was little figurines that would like glow in the dark. Oh, okay. Remember those? Yeah, they 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 also had variations of the the actual stuffed animal one, like a butterfly glowworm and different yeah. different. They had like a few different ones through the eighties and nineties, but that original glowworm, just the green with the glowing face. Yeah. Got to get one of those for the shelf. <laughs> yeah, I got to get one of those. I got to get a, a a Care Bear, a Rainbow Bright, oh, a Strawberry Shortcake. And, and I, I have a pond puppy. I have a little pom puppy that came from Hardee's, I think. <laughs> I don't I have saw, the big one. I saw it at Target today, actually. They have cabbage patches again. They have the full-on, yep. like, large-scale. Well, scale. I don't think they went away. They have the large-scale ones. They have smaller versions. Um, and then, like, some, like, tinier, to- like, baby, baby, more, like, small baby ones, like, infant. They come with, like, a bottle and stuff, but... Yeah, Cabbage Patch. The 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 large scale ones are definitely like a throwback. The kind of boxes they were in and stuff. And they say only at Target. <clears throat> so, I saw an original Cabbage Patch at an um, antique store. I think it was thirty bucks. So not too bad because oh, I wow. think that's what they were back in the day. I saw one at an antique store today. He had like no hair, no clothes. <laughs> oh, just like thrown in a box somewhere. Yeah, yeah at an antique just... store. This was actually like kept nice, oh, like it had wow. the original packaging and everything. That's that's amazing. probably it was still only had the thirty dollars. Hmm? It was only thirty dollars. I think so. You probably should have popped on that. Well, that's what you can get them for on eBay. <laughs> so, yeah, what what was my favorite thing? Oh, we were talking about Target and that Target. nostalgia, the nostalgia that they have oozing through there. So I would definitely go to Target and find it through many different okay. aisles. Target is fetishizing nostalgia. <laughs> it totally is. And I love it. So why don't we yeah. move on to your next pick? It's funny that they're fetishizing nostalgia while they're updating their stores. <laughs> <laughs> Did they? What have they changed in their stores? Oh, you must still have an old one. What's different about your Target? Uh, they're going through and they're remodeling them all. Huh. I mean, mine looks fairly... This same as i remember mm. yeah what it so what's the big difference that you've had seen remodeled uh they're just updating a lot of stuff like it it's looking less like uh the target of career opportunities mm-hmm. i didn't see that movie again oh, man what's uh jennifer Connolly? oh yeah. man she disappeared for a while and then came back like half the lady that she used to be. Like, <laughs> I like career opportunities, Jennifer Connolly. <laughs> What's the scene with the coin op uh, horsey that she's riding? Oh, dear God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Frank Whaley. <laughs> they were trying to they were trying to push Frank Whaley as like the the new like uh, John Cryer. Or, or, uh, yeah, they uh, tried. Yeah. Even John Cryer wasn't John Cryer. What is like two movies in the eighties? And <laughs> I think it was oh, like, probably yeah. like, probably if I could, if I could bet audition rooms in that time period for certain movies would have been Matthew Broderick, Frank Whaley, 
and John Cryer. <laughs> All going for the same role. Um, how much of a career did John Cryer have after Superman 4? That's the question. <laughs> oh, man. But Two and a Half Men probably made that guy's life. Oh, yeah, totally. <clears throat> so... Your next pick. We're we're kind of, we're almost rounding out. What are we at? Number four. Uh, yep, we're in the home stretch. So, um, I'm kind of dorking around on the IMDb. Did you? Now you know I love Siskel and Ebert. Yes. Okay, so they started in 1975. They were just two film critics for newspapers. They just plucked them and said, "Hey, what would you think about you two? having your own show it wasn't syndicated it was just you know on pbs uh and and they were just going to talk about movies and and back then it was like super awkward and you know they hadn't Mm -hmm. hit their stride yet and they they would like talk about a movie for like 10 minutes and then you know closer to when they retired from the show well because gene died but they were talking movies like two and a half minutes but if you want to see those original shows they are on the IMDb. If you go to IMDb and search sneak previews, you can click on where it says episode guide, 162 episodes. Hmm. 162 old Siskel and Ebert episodes. Not Well, I guess it's not really Siskel and Ebert. This is back when it was called sneak previews. So we're talking like early 80s, like I think there's some from the 70s here, but it's mostly like early 80s. So the first few seasons – you can watch these shows of them reviewing these movies from the uh, the 80s, and uh, it's re- it's really awesome. Wow, that's cool. <clears throat> but um, was it were so were those just old episodes of at the movies? Yeah, uh, not at the movies. Oh. Um, it was called sneak previews back then. Oh, okay. Now it, it eventually they did you know, switch up different titles. And once they syndicated the show and it wasn't on PBS anymore, then it became Siskel and Ebert and the movies. And, um, but yeah, I mean, here's an episode, little darlings, Simon, little miss marker, the black stallion and hide in plain sight. Like you can sit and watch them discuss these movies from that long ago. Wow. And, and yeah, it's, it's amazing. Especially if, if you're a Siskel and Ebert fan, like I am. I met Ebert once, and I went to his uh, film festival. So I, I have seen him in person, and then I did meet him one time. He signed a book for me. That's awesome. Yeah, that was right after Gene died. So I did I did not get to meet Gene. Yeah, but you and me did go visit Gene's grave, correct? We did. We <laughs> went, and we sought out his grave, and we went and paid our respects in Chicago. And oh, uh, Siskel. Yeah. There he was, just amongst everybody else, just like anybody else. I almost shed a tear, though, when I saw that cartoon, that illustration, when uh, Ebert died. And he was like, what did it say, like, save to your seat or something like that? And they were in, like, a movie theater. Yeah, in the clouds. They were in a movie theater in the clouds. And he said, save to a seat, pal, or so, something like that. So, oh, man. I know. Chills. Yeah. I, I miss those guys. Yeah. And you have, do you still have, like, you had many copies of Ebert's books through the years. I do, and, uh, you know, a little sidebar here. Uh, Another one of the books that I have next to my bed, along with Ad Nauseam, is 
Roger Ebert's movie home companion number one. Wow. 400 films on cassette, 1980 through 85. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this is the first, I mean, it's just all of his newspaper reviews. Well, not all of them, but they they chose movies from 1980 through 1985. And it's like all his full reviews. Look at there. There's Mother's Day and Motel Hell, which are also in ad nauseum. Mother's Day, no stars. <laughs> <laughs> Motel Hell, three stars. He liked that oh, wow. one. So. But That's yeah, great. I... I I love, I mean, all these are on his website too, but it's just so much more rewarding. Just yeah. pick up the book and look through it. Yeah. Like I mean, this, uh, this book is almost as old as you are. So, jeez, and it's in great condition. You could still get them for like a penny, I think on Amazon. Oh my God. Because there's just so many out there that they're not really collector's items necessarily because they're all online too. So, but yeah, I have uh 85, 87, 88, 89, 99, 2001, 2003, and 2014, 15, and 16. I don't think, I don't think there was a 2017 one. Hmm. No. Because he died in 2013. What am I saying? I have 2004, 2005, and 2006. He died in 2013, so he wasn't still publishing them in 2006. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be hard to publish another book. Um, that's awesome, though. I'll have to go uh, back and look at some of those episodes. Oh, they're so fun. And to be honest, these two were my introduction to movies. Like, I would watch Siskel and Ebert <laughs> in my, it, as a young teen. Like, it, just... wasn't, it wasn't directed at me, but I just <laughs> love listening to them and listening to them talk about movies I've never heard of before. I love listening to them talk about movies that I wanted to see and I would get mad at them when they didn't like something that I wanted to see. But they also always had a tone um, of their uh, shows that was just like relaxing and kind of calming and you just kind of like zone out and fade and kind of fade into the show. You just enjoying it without like overthinking anything. Yeah. And these PBS versions are very, monotone and very public broadcasting like oh, yeah. you can tell that they are not the commercial version of their show that we oh saw. yeah the later syndicated ones where there's like quick pop and one-liners at each other <laughs> right it's not like overly edited but like, those early is point and shoot <laughs> those early syndicated ones though like the the classic intro where they're like running to get to the cinema yeah, it's so great. <laughs> that's this is what it is. Oh really? Yep. Yep. Oh man, that's so great. Yeah, it's cool. So, so it's on. It, those are just on IMDb.com. IMDb.com. So you can watch them on that website. On the IMDb. Yep. Wow, that's great. Just search sneak previews. Well, that's that that was a great pick. I'm definitely gonna have to go check out some of those episodes. I didn't know that they were on IMDb. Um, I'm gonna kind of nerd it nerded out a little bit here and my my next favorite thing is kind of an overall genre of this company and what they release and um that would be F funko pop ad icons now i was never a funko pop guy i never saw a reason to buy these little vinyl toys with black beady bug eyes <laughs> i never saw the appeal but then I, I dove in, I think, with Stranger Things because I was such a Stranger Things fan. And they made some really cool pops with those. But since then, 
I I've been introduced into the world of the ad icons. So they've been doing for you know a number of years now. I don't know when they started the ad icons officially. Maybe three to five years back. Maybe a, just a, two to three. But um, they have recently they released a three pack of the monsters. So count Chocula, Booberry, and um, what's that? Frankenberry. Mm-hmm. And three ad icon pops and they're already valued at over a hundred dollars i think they retailed for like 45 maybe on their website and one thing that they're doing is they have a pop-up shop online where they'll email you it could be a random you know wednesday or friday and they'll say this is what our item is today and sometimes it's an ad icon and you literally have to get on that website within the first minute and get one of them, otherwise you're going to miss out. I mean, they're sold out in literally one to three minutes. You know, hmm. I think there's there's a problem probably with people running bots and buying several. I don't know what they're doing to avoid that, um, but there's definitely people buying them and just trying to flip them, which drives price up. But there's also uh, exclusive releases that are a little bit easier to track down when they go to like Target. So recently at Target they had captain crunch and the noid and um the sugar smack bear what's what's sugar smack bear sugar bear sugar bear and uh bazooka joe so let me ask you something now i know walmart has them and best buy has them but it seems like target has the majority of them correct target gets i would say the best like exclusive ones well, Target um, also has more, like more pops, yeah, in general, yeah. Like when I go to Walmart, I, I see like ten on the shelf. Yeah, Target. When definitely I go has, to Target, it's like ah. I think Target definitely has like the license with Funko to be like a provider of a lot of them, along with like if you go to like a GameStop, they have a crap load. Oh, do um, they? Yeah. Where uh, do you get the cereal at? Those have been at like Hot Topic had one, and there's a store. Similar to Hot Topic called Box Lunch. Do you have that in your malls? Uh, I think there's one mall with Box Lunch in it. Yeah, so like Box Lunch and Hot Topic and FYE have been getting like exclusive Funko yeah. cereals. FYE is still a thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they have them. I think the nearest one to us, though, is in like Alabama. But. Wow. Oh. I hear they have a good college program over there, football program. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the, the, I didn't purchase any of those cereals, but uh, recently that Funko shop I was talking about, they had a Mumra, um, like Thundercats Mumra, as the Funko cereal. You get, like, a little pop, a tiny pop inside the cereal, which is cool. There's hmm. a There was a Beetlejuice one I want to track down. I do hear that the cereals are all the same flavor, though. Yeah, I think they all they all are the same. Maybe different color, though. Because mm-hmm. um, there was a Pennywise, which was red, and like I think they did like Freddy Krueger, and then there was a, uh, an Elvira, which like was like I think black in color, and Beetlejuice was like green. But yeah, yeah these ad icons are really cool. They've done. They recently did Snap, Crackle, and Pop in a three pack. Um, they did. King Ding Dong, the hostess Ding Dong. <laughs> so some of them actually, like the one recent one in their online pop-up shop was Fruit Pie the Magician, which was like hostess fruit pies, mm-hmm. which Fruit Pie the Magician and King Ding Dong are, are not like ad icons that would pop into my head as mascots, 
but <laughs> they both went very quickly and they're about 35 bucks revalued now um there's this the, the fruit brute for monster cereal oh yeah 355 dollars yeah. on amazon how about there was a tony the tiger that was um a regular pop and then there was one they sometimes do called flocked which they feel like hairy so the flocked version is valued at 500 bucks why why? <laughs> so they've done Toucan Sam, they've done Lucky the Leprechaun, Cosmic Captain Crunch, they've done regular Captain Crunch, they did Gene LaFoot, Gene LaFoot, the other, like the bad Captain guy Crunch. Captain yep. Crunch, yep. <laughs> and uh, Tricks Rabbit, Fruit Brute, Yummy Mummy, they did a couple of different Jeffries, a flocked and an unflocked, and then also recently they did a Jeffrey giraffe, and he's like, Jeffrey head on an Iron Man body. Jeffrey has Iron Man. I kind of think that Funko had a bunch of Iron Man bodies and a bunch of Jeffrey heads laying around. <laughs> Do you know what you call Iron Man without his suit? What? Stark naked. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going <laughs> to keep that one. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's in so, the OI hat, I mean, that lexicon now. There, <laughs> it's part of our canon. <laughs> So there is definitely a lot of these ad icons that are just, you know, you can still find them for a retail price, not overly expensive, that are still really cool. I mean, like Big Boy, Dig'em Frog, Twinkie the Kid, which is like the Twinkie Cowboy. Um, and, I mean, how cool is that Noid? You got one of the Noid, correct? I did. I, I, I finally got a Noid. Man, I have the Noid. He's, I left the Noid in the box. He's on display in the box because the box even of the Noid is cool, but... The rest of them I took out of the box. I have them kind of on display in this little three-tier um, plastic shelving so that you can see all of them. Um, they're just hanging out like they're all in the bleachers at a game. <laughs> but uh, they're just so cool. It just reminds me of, you know, simpler fun times of cartoons and cereal and um, just, I mean, just time when they had, like, mascots were, like, a big deal as far as, like, TV commercials and the selling of products, which I feel like they still exist on cereal boxes, but I don't feel like they're pushed as much because you don't. I don't see a lot of commercials these days. Yeah. <clears throat> so definitely yeah. something cool. I would recommend also if you want to look into Funko Pops, if it's something you've never looked into and you want to look into these ad icons specifically, there's an app called Stashpedia, and I'm sure there's other apps as well, but this is a good one that catalogs like all the different pops that are out and people I think are like collectors are the ones that curate it and add photos and update the price info and it's a good way to like track your own collection and look up different ones and see what they're going for so definitely the ad icons are on my favorite list because it's pretty much the that and Stranger Things um, are the only pops that I'll really be intrigued by. Well you and Another couple of my friends are really into the pops more than I am. But when the Noid came out, I tried everything I could to get one. <laughs> I could, like you got one. I like went to four different targets and couldn't find them. Oh, dude, I ha I went to three targets, I think. And I would I called the target like the, the finally the last target that had the set because – with these, the Noid came out with the same day as Captain Crunch, Bazooka Joe, and Sugar Bear. And yep. all four of those, each target got maybe seven sets. 
And anybody going in there is going to buy all four. I mean, they're like nine bucks a piece. If you're in there to buy pops at open of Target on that Friday, there's no way you're not going to buy all of them. Um, and the unfortunate thing about it is flippers exist and they go and they'll buy a set. That's why with these exclusives, Target only lets you buy like one set per person. Um, you can buy one of them, or but you can only buy like one of each character at a time. You can't buy several. So I, but, call- I mean, at this point, Funko knows that there are flippers out there. So why don't they just make more? Well, I think that, and that's a question too. I say, I was like, just let people buy them, make more. Don't make them so exclusive. Don't make so little of them. Cause like the ones that they sell just on their website, it's like they sell them on the site and that's it. And then the prices, like you see like a hundred, two hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah, And other people are making that money. Not yeah, them. It's crazy. I don't know what the appeal of that is, but maybe then... maybe, maybe the, the, the ad advertising places are only letting them make a certain amount. Well, I don't know about that, but. I think it's also has to do with just the fact of the they want to stay a part of a collector kind of market, and well, if they just mass too, produce all think, of them. You don't think that on some level Domino's isn't getting a little bit of a kickback? <laughs> They'd have to, right? But yeah, yeah. now this this so. this Noid this Noid pop is so cool that it made me want to go back and buy a bunch of those Noid toys. Yeah, the little figurines. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I had to. I went to a couple different targets that day, and none of them had them. And then I called the one that was about a half hour from where I was at the time, and he's like, "I yes, I I have seven sets that came in for today. I got there, there was one set left, <laughs> um, and I I probably just walked in at the right time for to grab it before somebody else would have. But yeah, the thing about here th- those is you feel like probably the same people run into each target as fast as they can to buy several sets and they flip them which is unfortunate but yeah i definitely i love the ad icons i'm gonna keep looking out for them i one of my friends told me they're gonna do pillsbury doughboy soon oh they haven't done him yet no they don't (laughs) even need to change his eyes so i'm looking forward to that gotta get the doughboy he's gonna look exactly the same (laughs) he already already has those button eyes (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So that is my number four. We better do your five so we can move on to my five and wrap this up because we are at over two hours right now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have shot the shit in the beginning like, oh, I know. like that, but no, it's okay. Oh I'll God. just be real quick. Um, my last one is a uh, – it's a podcast. So once you're done with this, I want you to search uh, – 80s all over. Uh, I know I brought this up to you. I don't think I've ever pushed it on you as much as I'm going to now, though. Oh, yeah, a- 80s all over is a podcast. Uh, Drew McQueenie uh, and Scott Weinberg both. I think Drew McQueenie used to be Moriarty on In It Cool, and uh, Scott Weinberg. Uh, they are month by month reviewing every movie from the 1980s. Oh my God. Yes, and I picked up on it, uh, let me see, probably like June or July of 1980, and it's released every two weeks. So they are taking on an entire month of movies every two weeks, mm-hmm. and I know it has to be daunting, um, but there I am at every Monday morning, and 
I'm just listening to them talk about these movies for two hours uh, from the past. And, you know, they, they started with January of 1980 in like 2016. And they're, it's got to be, what, five years of project for them? Yeah. But to try and cram over 3,000 movies into five years, I mean, old movies, Not they're still watching all of the movies that are still coming out, too. Um, right now, they are on June of 1984. So the episode that comes out this Monday is going to be Gremlins, Ghostbusters. Maybe that's the one you should start with. Gremlins and uh, Ghostbusters? Oh, Gremlins, I'm going to start with that for sure. Karate Kid, Bachelor Party, all those came out in June of 1984. So oh, awesome. it it is fun listening to them talk about the movies, but just just knowing what movies were out at the exact same time as each other, <laughs> like every summer, like they just did Temple of Doom, which was out at the same time as Hard Bodies mm-hmm. and Breakin'. You know, it's like that's what you went and saw <laughs> that month when you went to the movies. But it, it's it's just so fun. Uh, reliving because when 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 you think back and and this is the curse of nostalgia when you think back uh, to when you saw any movie in the 80s and you're like oh I love that movie but now you watch it at this age yeah it makes you wonder like would I have loved that movie Ghostbusters is a bad example but let's say Mac and me you, you loved it as a kid. You're like, oh, I loved Mac and Me when I was a kid. You watch it now, you're like, oh, shit. No. <laughs> so they're kind of looking at it objectively like that too. So, um, no, it's like super enjoyable and I love it. And I, I I try and listen to every episode like twice. Like I'll listen to it again the following Monday just because That's I need awesome. a fix. It, it's, it's like a drug. Yeah, especially if you like 80s movies. Yeah, that's awesome. I have not listened to it before, so I'm going to have to look that up. Um, There's so many uh, people like you and me out there, like, diving into the nostalgia and finding a way to, you know, make a fun hobby out of it, whether it's podcasts or YouTube or just uh, posting on social media. But um, I definitely would give a shout-out to our buddies, Arcane Squeezer, over at the Rad Years as well. That's another podcast that – they just keep going and killing it like week after week. <laughs> they're, oh, yeah, they, they're they're making us look bad. <laughs> they're they're on a schedule where they're getting them out and they're talking about some fun stuff. So, um, I definitely check out uh, the Rad Years as well as the All Over Eighties podcast or Eighties all, all Over Eighties yeah. All Over. So yeah. I'm gonna look that up as well. I'm gonna have to add that to the queue right now. Um, and definitely uh, start with that one this this Monday. Um, because yeah, you love Ghostbusters and you love Karate Kid, so yeah. th- this is the month. This is your month. <laughs> so, um, eighties. And uh, their actual their their art on um, wherever you look up podcasts looks like a yeah. VHS label. Yep. Oh, that's great. May nineteen eighty four is up right now. Yep. That's awesome. And hang on, because they also have a letterbox that goes through every movie. Um, Indiana Jones was on the last one. Temple of Doom, Sixteen Candles, The Natural, The Bounty, Firestarter, Breaking, and then some smaller stuff. That's the thing they they even review the smaller movies. Wow! Like like they're not just talking about Indiana Jones for two hours. Like they're maybe spending fifteen minutes on it, and 
you know, they're still talking about Iceman and love letters and wow. other stuff. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna have to dive into that. Um, maybe start with um, what's up there right now, May '84. <laughs> um, my last. We're making it at two hours and fifteen minutes. My last selection for this favorite things list would have to be um, another fellow Instagrammer uh, by the their their name on Instagram is at the Nostalgia Society. So the Nostalgia Society uh, recently put out this full glossy like um, newsstand edition. Like you probably pay like ten bucks for this kind of magazine at. Borders or Barnes and Noble, <laughs> um, but the magazine is called Blimp Magazine, and it's their first issue. I think they're planning to do it kind of like a quarterly thing, but it's full on like early '90s nostalgia. Even the way it's designed, inside and out, um, you can go to the Nostalgia Society on Instagram and see images from the book. But you start out, and on the cover, it already kind of like takes you back to a time. There's like a Lunchables pizza with a bite out of it up in the corner. Um, photos from Goosebumps artwork and a photo from Erie, Indiana, the TV show. And then there's some like candy corn spilled over onto the cover. And the the Blimp magazine title is kind of on a one of those composition notebooks. Um, so the total grunge like design of this, this whole magazine takes me back to like the early 90s. And you open it up and on the inside cover – there's you remember when you go you'd rent a library book and they used to have the the pull card that you'd write your name on yes they have one of those with the actual pull card you could pull up and it has like it looks like a bunch of different kids like wrote the date and their name that they checked this out is this a book <laughs> or is it a magazine this is a magazine so yeah. it's it's called blimp magazine b-l-i-m-p and so like they have this library card on the inside and it looks like Kim Ellis checked this out on in April of 91 and Bobby checked it out in September and Mike Smith checked it out in October <laughs> and all the names are written in different colored markers <laughs> like look very handwritten and unique and then um goes into their table of contents and in this episode or in episode in this magazine alone this issue they have an interview with um one of the actors from Erie, Indiana, um, one of the cartoonists, I believe, for Real Monsters. Um, they talk about um, toys like um, the the monster. Remember the monster face toy in, like, the early 90s? No. It was, like, this head that you bought, and it came with all of these. It's like a skeleton-looking he head, and it came with different, like, kind of like potato head type things that you could put on the head, like spiders and hmm. Frankenstein kind of like screws coming out of it and different like eyeballs and things like that. Um, very nostalgic toys. So they talk about that. They talk to a gentleman who collects only Goosebumps related merchandise and books, uh, like a, co a collector from Australia. So dives deep into that. There's even an interview with the Big Orange Couch podcast guys in here. Um as well as some different cookie, uh, there's like a Halloween um, cookie recipe that is kind of a fun, looks like a vampire mouth when you like make these cookies. Um, <laughs> just uh, There's even a page where you can cut it out and fold it into one of those like fortune teller. Remember those fortune tellers you used to make like kind of like wrap up 
in like an origami type of way and you'd like yeah. open it and close it and count after the num somebody picks a number and you count and then it'll tell you like a fortune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just a total throwback. They t- talk about um, a lot of different subjects. Like even one, one of the girls that one Nick takes over your school um, where Nickelodeon came to her middle school and like took it over like Mark Summers and Pete and Pete were there and there she provided a bunch of photos of the day and like kids getting slimed and Nickelodeon like just totally taking over her school and they interview her and she tells the story of that whole day in February of 94 so um, I definitely would check out the Nostalgia Society on Instagram and look at um, Blimp Magazine. I think it goes. They're selling it for around fifteen to sixteen bucks online. Sixteen ninety nine from the looks yeah. of it. So they only have the one uh, issue right now. Yeah, and I think I don't know if they did another reprint of it. I know re- very recently they were run like almost out of the magazine. So this says I, it's bi monthly. Yeah. So this is just issue one. And are they strictly Nickelodeon? No, I mean this. There, you mean as far as the content? Well, it looks like their Instagram is strictly Nickelodeon. Well, I think the Instagram started, and this gentleman collects Nickelodeon stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, no, the magazine itself is totally just general nostalgia of that era. And you, do you have one? Yeah, Sweet. I'm looking at it right now. Oh. Yeah, it's and it's well worth it. Like I um. I haven't gotten all the way through it. There's so much content in it. I've only read a couple of the interviews, so I uh, definitely check it out. That's the that's the fear I would have if I started collecting like old star logs or uh, <laughs> Fangoria's because I'm tempted to, you know, pick a few up off eBay, but I feel like I'm gonna sit down and read it for like two hours if I do, and I, yeah, I don't totally. know if I have the time for that. I, yeah. I have other stuff going on. So as much as I would love to, you know, kind of cruise through that stuff all over again. Didn't you collect and, like, you'd seek out ones you were missing of, like, Mad or Cracked? Oh, I still have all those, yeah, for sure. But you you can look through those in 10, 15 minutes and and be be done with them. Fangoria actually has, like, articles and stuff. Didn't Fangoria, like, go away and come back recently? Yeah, it did. Yeah, that'd be cool to get really old like when did fangoria start it'd be cool to get some from the 80s if it was around then yeah, it, was, it was uh late 70s i think wow because that was you know back in the day when they were actually doing a lot of that 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 kind of makeup and stuff so you know it, it justified it like cgi mm-hmm. who cares about cgi nobody mm-hmm. needs to read about cgi horror yeah like you want to read about the people making werewolf costumes <laughs> making werewolf costumes and uh, doing prosthetics for five hours on one person. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, this has been uh, Jesse and Josh's five favorite things. Um, Epic episode. Oh, my gosh. It was a marathon. We're at 222 right now. Well, you know what? We haven't had an episode in like six months, so she'll shut up. This has been the Oh I Had That Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Jesse. 